This concludes our broadcast day. Good night, and God bless <laughs>
what's the word for it? Uh, in uh, domestic? No. No, it's like when you're when you're out, you're you're like you're freelance. You don't have a home. <laughs> Just like the stray. stray. <laughs> what? He was basically a stray going around whore to whore. <laughs> now he's born again. He's domestic. <laughs> The domestic kid, Sean Michaels. <laughs> DBK. <laughs> oh God. God damn it. All right. Well. Oh, okay. All right. That's our warm up. <clears throat> All right. Now we are fired up. Oh yay! All right. So we never really planned for this type of thing. We never. We just went yeah, through it. Yeah, we don't. We don't get into meetings and we don't choreograph what we what we say or Not script like anything. WWE. Yeah, this is completely. Raw, pure. It's raw talk. Uncensored. With lots of... Fucks. Yeah. It's, it's raw talk <laughs> without Renee Young. Raw talk. Isn't that their name of their show? This is Talking Smack without the smack. So it's just talking. Without the talking. You're welcome. So anyway, what what did you think about this year, wrestling-wise? Well, uh... I didn't tell you beforehand, but whenever I was at work, I had some spare time, and I was thinking, okay, well, you know, I want to think of at least one thing that I can uh, bring to this podcast that seems like it's had a little bit of uh, construction to it, and I, I devised a top ten singles male wrestlers of 2016. That we can get into whenever you want. Um, sure. But uh, I don't know as, as it comes to 2016 altogether. Uh. I think it was a revolutionary year for wrestling, especially in WWE. I think, I think for the whole entire wrestling landscape, I would say that 2016 has become a year of opportunity. Where, if you were to go back 20, 10, even five years ago, we wouldn't be seeing near half of the talent that we've been seeing get exposure and opportunities yeah. to yeah. show what they can do. So I think this year, altogether, like the best of the best in the wrestling world when it comes to pure talent, I feel like they have gotten more exposure and more of a chance to put on in a performance that, that nobody would forget um, as more than any other year I've ever seen. So uh, it's definitely not been the greatest year ever, but I definitely think that with 2016, with who all got a chance to rise to the occasion and wrestle in the big leagues it's only going to be even more promising in 2017 for you know who will be able to get an opportunity it's like a who's who now of you know who will come up and and uh and do their thing so it's, it's so mind-boggling because you mentioned that like like five years ago or six years ago we this is probably something we didn't imagine would ever happen no no I, uh at the time five years ago i mean like we had in WWE, we had guys like Daniel Bryan and CM Punk at the forefront, really making a name for themselves and being the ambassadors of independent wrestling and international wrestling. And they were the two guys that were really different in a roster that was, I mean, they're full. It was, I mean, it was full of talented people. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, it yeah. was kind of full of, you know, like cookie cutter type of guys that kind of wrestled similar styles. And, you know, we kind of already seen that for, you know, a good number of years. Then we saw those two guys come in and they, I don't know, they kind of led the, the, you know, the, the catalyst for, you know, other guys like themselves to come in and 
you know, show what they can do. Guys like Seth Rollins and Cesaro, Dean Ambrose, uh, Chris Hero, uh, just more guys like that to come in. And ever since then, it's just been history. Just I, I can't count how many people that I, you know, started watching that wrestled in front of people, you know, like like fifty people and just some random bingo halls, and now. They're now making they're it here. big in WWE. Yeah. Like that's like, pretty awesome. Yeah, it's 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 so like surreal almost. Like, I'll definitely say like I think like that turning point happened. I don't want to say like, because I guess it's kind of like the easy answer is right around the time where he where CM Punk did that infamous pipe bomb. Yeah. But I I remember that's when I at least start seeing that turn like the wheels turn slightly in a different direction. Like you you even felt it. You're like something was like on the horizon, even though we still had like our shits and shit but like i thought so too after after uh watching that promo i started to see things you know change little by little and i mean after that it didn't necessarily turn into this entirely new thing that we all thought it would yeah but i think you know gradually you know you know new nuances to wrestling at least mainstream wrestling were you know starting to be born and we were able to you know not not see everything as it as the same old same old anymore you know like like i alluded to just lots of guys from ring of honor and pro wrestling gorilla and new japan come in and just you know more or less take over and become the household names for wwe it just it really proved you know how guys like cm punk and daniel bryan came in and you know they were able to you know, open up more eyes and, you know, make people believe that guys like that with, with the work ethic can come in and, you know, still make a big name just through hard work and stuff. So I think 2016 has been a great example yeah. of the changing of the guard in wrestling. Um, there's, there's more I could get into with that, but I just feel like all together, I think that was the biggest thing that I took away from 2016 on a positive note was seeing very talented guys come in and get the opportunity and then yeah pretty much rolling with it yeah you know proving us you know why they should be there yeah Yeah. especially my favorites i mean guys like roderick strong and uh kevin steen and el generico and rich swan and all those guys that i just thought man wouldn't be cool if one day they could just get one shot in wwe like that would just be awesome and they would be totally deserving yeah and now all of them are pretty much the forefront of the new era in professional wrestling i think it's great yeah i definitely think it's great uh do you think we owe that to good old triple h though a lot of it, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. If it was just Vince McMahon at the helm, I don't think we would see uh, nearly as much of talent, um, you know, like that. They are kind of cut from the same cloth. If anything, they if they were to be there, they'd be like with a new gimmick and everything. They'd be like, oh yeah, like they'd have like Rick Swan would be like the Swan Man or some some yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> it's it's crazy because this year a lot of talent has come in. And they've not really had to change a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like, if they've had to change anything, maybe it's to kind of, you know, simplify their moveset just because, you know, less is more in WWE. And I totally understand that style. And there's just a lot of stuff that they do that, you know, would fly on the indies. But, you know, in WWE, it would be more of a risk and liability to, you know, do some of the maneuvers that they did in the indies. But other than that, a lot of people have got to keep their name, their style, their persona. You know how they carry themselves, and I, I think it's great to, for some 
it's kind of been of a detriment with how they're booked. You know, maybe they're not the same as they once were in the Indies right. and others. They found a way to flourish, and I think that's that's great. So, but, but yeah, just looking back on 2016 and seeing all those guys come in and get a chance was just amazing. And it would not be possible without Triple H. For whatever reason, he sees all the potential in guys like that. And it's kind of hard, like... I. At least for hardcore fans like us, I don't, I don't mean to come off as like an elitist, like, you know, oh, we're, we're hardcore fans, so therefore we see this, and Ooh. if you don't see this, you're wrong. But for, for you know, guys <laughs> like that, you know, it, it's kind of it's kind of a little hard to, you know, go through your list of favorites and then not pick a guy that was cut from that cloth from, like, the indies, you know, where they worked their way to get up to the big leagues. You know, I, I, I find, you know, at least with myself, that's a little hard to kind of rummage through the roster of WWE and point out a lot of homegrown guys there that never had wrestled in the indies and say, oh, yeah, that guy's my favorite. Like, I think a lot of the guys now that are pushed in main programs have come from the indies, and I think it's pretty remarkable that that's happened yeah. uh, in, the, um, in this past year and will only continue to happen um, as the years go on. So I think that's, I think that's cool. Um, not to say that the indies are the be-all, end-all, and they are – you know, what should determine, you know, your standing in the company. But I just yeah, right, think it's right. great that as many people that has come from the indies that they've been able to make it WWE. I think that's just awesome. And then the indies will only produce more people. Like, in, like, another five years, we'll be like, we're going to be liking, like, some other guy. Yeah. He's going to be kicking ass, and then, like, in a few years, he'll be in NXT if it's still around. Or... Right, uh, yeah. is, Isn't there, like, changes coming up to NXT? I remember um, hearing something like that. Yeah, I, I, I've heard that they're... they're, they're Maybe looking at going live every week in full sale. Um, from at this moment, I don't see myself agreeing with it too much, just because of the inconvenience of certain guys that come in that maybe are only temporary. Yeah, you know, they don't like. I, th- I think it would be easier for them to just do one set of four weeks of tapings, and then if you know something comes about, then they can get another opportunity. But I think on a week to week basis, I think that'd be a little harder. Just to you know, be a little more free. I think you would have to kind of do what Raw and SmackDown does, and you got to keep tight with the booking and you know how you get people on the show. But I, I don't know. That's just me speaking from the from a fan's perspective. I could be totally wrong. But that's one of the things yeah. I've heard. Um, I know they're just growing more and more with having to have uh, you know name quality on the shows to promote their brand. You know, they're traveling more and more. They just got done doing uh, live events in Australia and in Japan, and they've toured Europe. They've toured uh, lots of regions in the United States, and they just did Toronto for TakeOver. So I know they're only continuing to grow, and I think as uh, they continue to grow, I think that just that means that more established names are going to come from you know international places, but that also means that indie promotions will need to do their best to uh, continue to, to yeah. yeah to produce more people because without those big names from the indies that they keep getting swapped up by WWE then that means that there's no uh, there's no more quality um, in the indies you know for you to watch you got to have those several key people that you watch you know certain promotions for so that's yeah, what yeah. they need to do in order to step up um, you think but, going live would affect like all those like international tours they do um I. I think so, uh, just because with, you know, how progressive they're trying to be with touring at 
in at more places. It seems like they're almost wanting to take on a, 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 a you know, a kind of like a close main roster schedule with touring. Yeah. So I think if they were going to do that, I mean, like I said before, I think it would kind of limit their freedom on what to do, like their breathing room. Yeah, for but sure. But if they do that, then more power to them because, you know, you can't stay in one place forever. You got to continue to grow, test the water, see how far you get. And I, I, I admire that, but uh, you know, only time will tell. How long is NXT anyway on, on the network? Uh, One hour. An um, hour? Yeah, I, really? I remember back in... 2013 2014 they only ran up to i think 40 something minutes on hulu this one was on hulu, right? on hulu yeah. and then even on the early stages of the wwe network they were only like 45 minutes something like that and that was before they had a big crop of um well-known international talent i think by that time you only had like adrian neville and Sami Zayn, and then the rest of the guys were just homegrown talent that they were trying to build up and then whenever you started getting more well-known talent that actually had charisma like Finn Balor and Kevin Owens, you know, guys like that, then their roster started to become more packed. So, therefore, you needed more time to, you know, give people what, you know, you know more of a chance to shine and see what they can do on NXT. So Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I guess the year started off with basically a <laughs> phenomenal debut. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is a shitty entryway for it. That's one thing that I, I, I can't see that's still a thing, people always, whenever they talk about AJ Styles, it's usually in a positive light, and they always preface it with saying, phenomenal. oh, what a phenomenal uh, year. Well, it's just like or, a shtick, though. You, you it, it is. And, 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 well, I mean, like, how people say it, they usually go like, oh, like, AJ had a phenomenal ma- match, no pun intended. Like, they always have to say that, and I'm like, oh, it's kind of like a cliche thing now, well, where well, well, What's his other one? One? He has like a one on his trunks. Or yeah, he's, like, he, he's the phenomenal one. That's Okay, I'm just going to call him. He had like a one. I don't know. Just... Hey, he's number one. <laughs> he's number one. That's probably what WWE would have done had they uh, tried to change his persona. Is he, so he's, is he like like permanently like part of the roster like for for at least a couple years? Yeah, yeah for what, uh, what I heard, he signed a multi-year uh, deal, which means that's, that's, uh, yeah. that's only great things for uh, WWE's future because that guy, to me, was... Uh, spoiler alert, I thought he was the best wrestler of all 2016 as in terms of, you know, uh, you know, name value, what he did in the company, where his standing was, what he had to persevere through to get to the top and actually making it to the top and all the... In the same year, too. Yeah, and like, all the performances God. that he did in his matches, just everything he did, he overcame what a lot of people thought wasn't going to be insurmountable, and that was actually getting over in Vince McMahon's eyes and becoming a world champion in his company and the fact that he did that you think that was Vince's call yeah yeah the fact that whenever AJ came in at first and he was looked at as some you know short underground you know indie guy that you know really wasn't worth what all the hype he was getting and for him to be automatically turned into this guy that Vince McMahon can depend on and could be one of his top faces in the company while being the world champion I think is incredible so I think that that is just some of the reasons. You mean phenomenal? Phenomenal, yeah. <laughs> phenomenal. But those are just some of the reasons. <laughs> but those are some of the reasons why I think AJ was the best overall in 2016, and in 2017, I'm just I'm more excited to see what he can do. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, he lasted pretty long in the Rumble, didn't he? He was like. 
Yeah, like 40 minutes? Oh, no, it was actually, I think he lasted about 20-something minutes. 20-something? It felt longer. I don't know. I, just, I guess it was me. I, I felt he should have lasted longer than what he did, but, I mean, I don't know. That that whole Royal Rumble match overall I didn't think was the best one like that I've ever seen. How did that come about for it being for like the the, the championship? Because at that time I wasn't paying attention. Well, so it it was basically Vince McMahon trying his damnedest to get Roman Reigns over, like at all costs. Like he tried to stack the odds against him and try to kind of you like, know make people believe that he was a guy that you could sympathize for and you know feel sorry for. So I think in order, in like his big attempt to get Roman Reigns over with the crowd, he tried to give him like this almost insurmountable odd that he had to try to overcome, which was putting his WWE title on the line against twenty nine other guys in the Royal Rumble. And then I think that was another reason just to get Triple H the title so that they could try to do it like a Daniel Bryan type story with Roman Reigns trying to overcome the authority and get the title and which I thought was a failure but yeah no that that's how it came about I like the promos leading up to it not that that promo was the Viennettes that they showed up Mania beforehand uh like for what for what the, programs they're the, they're they're the main the the Mania match. They, oh. they use like a Vengeance Pools like Hill of the King song. Oh. I like their little Viennette. That was the only thing I liked from that entire well, thing. That's okay if you liked it. I, I'm not an Avenged Sevenfold fan. I'm not at either. All. I'm I, not I, either. But in fact, was... I get really annoyed when I hear that song. Like <laughs> I used to listen to T95 a lot. Then I like increasingly grew very annoyed with the repetition yeah. of their playlist. So I and a lot of it was Avenged Sevenfold. So anytime I I would hear that song. I would just get disgusted and turn it off. Yeah, it's Avenged Sevenfold, Metallica, and anything from like the eighties. Yeah, Def Leppard, Motley Crue. It's the same old shit. At like two in the morning, every once in a while, you hear like a Death Tone song. Yeah, and then, or and a Corn song, or a Chevelle song, or a Tool Chevelle. song, or like like that's all fine. But and then you hear Hank the Mechanic, who's not even a mechanic. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to love listening to uh, the morning show, Todd and Tyler. Oh yeah, it's still around, isn't it? Yeah, it was yeah, still okay, I listened yeah. to it the other day. Yeah, we're, we're competition, so. Uh, <laughs> we anyways, got 20 years, and we got, like, a few months. That, that's our non-wrestling feud that we just now brought up, so. Yeah. You, you know, I remember you always, like, back when we, like, first met, you were always like, man, I really dislike Cena. You just, like, feeling like being shoved down our throats. I never yeah. felt that way for Cena until, like, I, 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 I got to, like, now where I, I, feel, I felt that with Reigns. Like, ever since, like, like the shield split up or after whenever he started getting like really pushed i like i like man yeah. like what I, I i felt that like i i actually felt that for like the first time like having somebody being like forced down my throat i was a little shocked too knowing that whenever i, I knew you at, uh, at least whenever like the time that i've known you whenever i saw that you were at your peak of fandom mm -hmm. like i never really saw you being much of a hater of any wrestler i don't i don't think I, I didn't really hate anybody. It was it was it was just like you know, like you know these guys are out there doing shit, you know, and they're gonna get hurt, you know. The least I could do is be, you know, be like be like that neutral guy where like man, Cena yeah. sucks. You're like no, he's awesome, you know. I was like that yeah. middle kid who was like who in the between like the Cena sucks and let's go Cena champs. So yeah, and, and I I remember just you know seeing the first text he ever sent me about how you viewed. Like, the way I viewed John Cena for years back in the past, I, that's how you viewed Roman Reigns. I was a little shocked because, like, I always knew you as being, like, a neutral guy that never really got 
enraged with any one wrestler's it, actions or the way he was booked. So I, I, was I, shocked. Didn't, I didn't get enraged. It wasn't like, but I would, I would, I just like, I felt that like, oh yeah. man, like, oh, like that's, just, that's not, that doesn't feel good with me. Like, right. He like, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm sure Reigns is like a cool guy, you know, I'm sure yeah, he, yeah. He, he, he doesn't mean to come off like as an, like an asshole sometimes, right. but like, you know, it's just like something about him just like felt like really forced. And I didn't feel that way for Cena. Like for Cena, I kind of felt like it was forced, but like not like, all right, you can take it out of your mouth because it's here's like other people, whatever. Right, and then like like that's just I don't know. Like a, 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 there's a lot of people out there that aren't even necessarily fans of Roman Reigns, but they don't get why people hate on him or why they think you know he's overrated. And the reason why I think he's overrated is because I just simply do not see. In any redeeming quality about him, other than the fact that you know he, he's a big, jacked up, muscly guy, and he's looks athletic in the ring, and that that that's cool. It looks but decent. Looks pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I, I just I simply can't gravitate to just that because he to me does not have any natural connection with the wrestling viewer. This is in my eyes. I just yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see besides him looking aesthetically, you know, good. I don't see what the connection is because he's very generic. He's very forced when he comes out. He doesn't sound like he's speaking from the heart. It just sounds like 100% manufactured paper that he's reading off of. And just, you know, the, you know, just the way he carries himself, it just, it just comes <laughs> off as generic, but at the same time, a little douchey yeah yeah, it yeah. Just, it doesn't really click with the way i feel he's he should to... be conveyed yeah to the wrestling audience i feel like he's trying to come off as like this anti-hero like and it just it doesn't just work. It, no it doesn't work and like he was like kind of already anti-hero when like right when the shield turned face yeah like that was and that was like almost they were all anti-heroes like, yeah that right there felt like you know real like all right these guys are like they're they're good, but like they can also probably do like shitty things to other people. Right. But yeah. Reigns, I feel like Reigns just got that and he just like went with it. Right. You know, and I feel like because he, he he I feel like he's been the same way ever since he broke up with the Shield. And I mean, yeah, it, it's 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 repetition. He's not done anything to change up his game at all, and it's just you know, how how can I come to, you know, appreciate that you know overall when guys like Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins have done what they can to evolve and you know, change their game up and improve. I yeah. just don't feel like Roman Reigns has done that at all. And I don't know. And the, and the fact that just overall WWE's adamant insistence on putting him on every fucking cover of everything. Like, I, I, I go on WWE's Facebook and then, like, there every day there's at least five articles with Roman Reigns' face on it in the forefront. And it's always like, oh, like, who's the best this? Who's the best that? And I just feel that he is not the representative of what's the best in professional wrestling or in WWE. He's, I think he's just vastly overrated by the company and the fact that they're trying so hard to make him the next big thing when there are several others that I feel like Deserve could do that. a better job than Roman Reigns. It's just appalling. It's sickening. It's just it's very annoying. And, and, and unlike Cena, Cena always had the fact that he could talk. That, in the ring. That's my all. Yeah. That's always my biggest defense. For as long as I hated John Cena, and, I, and like every time I just wanted to see him fail, the thing was was that he got me riled up because he could actually draw people into the building. He actually yeah. drew the viewer in. Whatever he was talking about, you knew he was right. You knew that he had a point, 
But if you were a hater of the guy, that just made you hate him even more because you knew deep down inside he was right. Yeah. So he hooked you that way, and he got you, you know, in the intended way that it was supposed to be for his promos. Whereas at Roman Reigns, I just I hate the character because it's stagnant. There's no reason for me to invest in him other than the fact that the company is telling you to like him because he's a badass and he's I yeah, yeah. I, I don't so know supposedly. what I don't know what things he's done that's a badass. Oh, he was in the Shield. Is that's it? And that I guess that's it. And the fact that he's big and strong, and therefore we gotta believe he's the best. And I just that just doesn't. It's not enough for me. Yeah, it was. I don't know. You do, know. Do, do, I mean, do you, have you do you like have you liked any of his matches that he's had ever since he won singles? I I, I won't be ignorant and you know deny mm. his talent in the ring because he's had some pretty yeah. good matches that i've liked um let's see like he he had his he had really good matches with aj styles oh that's um, right yeah that was a in like in there in the spring that's right yeah he had a good match with seth rollins when he came back uh i always liked his performances in the shield um i remember this one match he had at extreme rules with big show that was last year mm-hmm. and that match used a lot of weapons but i still thought it was a good match but, but my deal with reigns is is that he still has kind of a repetitive kind of stale move set that requires a lot of clotheslines and sometimes he'll break in like a cool move here and there and that's fine but i feel like with his matches they're only going to be as good as what the stipulation will allow or what the other guy that he's wrestling, you know, will allow. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, put put a decent guy with him syndrome, you know. And then yeah. he'll make him look good. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not saying that Roman Reigns is incompetent that. Yeah. or that, you know, that he just, you know, can't wrestle worth a damn because he can. But yeah. I just feel like in his best performances, he needs like quite a bit of help more so than maybe what a guy like AJ Styles would need you know in a match but um you, you, I mean, that's just how i feel right yeah i think that's how most of the people who like dislike him feel you know yeah. at least the, a good percentage other ones other people just dislike him because it's the trend yeah oh well, yeah and i just i just never really bought into the guy i mean in the shield i thought he was great for the role that he was supposed to play. Yeah. But he had two other guys that I thought were even better that masked his weaknesses and Reigns did as well. He masked, you know, Dean and Seth's weaknesses too with him having the power and Dean having the, you know, the, um, the Mike skills and then Seth Rollins having the, the crazy athleticism. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, even since then, you know, if I were to be asked, oh, do I see Roman Reigns as like a captivating top guy in wwe i still would have said no because i just i would said i would have said he would have been like the ideal choice but not not right yeah like i always knew he was going to be slotted as that next guy just because of you know the way he looks and the way that you could sell him but i mean beyond that i just never see you know what was there for me to stick around and you know cheer for him for Uh, you you think like getting rid of like the swat uniform and giving him like the basic wrestling boots trunks and knee pads you know probably like at least get you at least getting getting you like at least you're getting catching your eye a little bit more um, it'd be a start i mean that, that that doesn't change the entire complexion of no, yeah, how yeah. he is but i mean right. that, that would be definitely a start you know because he would actually show some change and you know I, I think in today's day and age a lot of people are worried about instant gratification and i i try so hard not to be like that i try right. to be patient and look at the bigger picture 
but definitely with a guy like Roman Reigns, you know, changing something here or there, I think would be good. But honestly speaking, I'm not going to be hypocritical. Mm-hmm. I'd still think that that would not really win me over with him. He would have to do something really dramatic. I mean, really drastic. And I know some people might think that's petty. Yeah, yeah. And that's like, oh, well, like, you're being unfair because that means you'll never give him a chance. And despite, you know, what, you know, what's what he would do uh, new. But this is, I know it's well, how I feel. Well, that's kind of unfair too, because it's like, well, I mean, how many chances does he need to like prove to like you know he needs to get over? I feel like yeah, he's been given he's been given, too many yeah to to be, to be allowed in a certain time of uh you know a certain uh, span yeah. of time. But I mean, I just I don't know. I honestly don't know what it would take for me to you know say okay, I would not mind seeing this guy being the focal point of WWE for ten more years. Like I don't know what would get me to. To uh, you know, agree with that. It took me a long time to actually accept John Cena yeah. as the wrestler he is. I think it was in 2015 when he had that that awesome U.S. title you know run where he was defending it every week. You know, I came to respect just the you know high quality performer he is. Before that, I always saw you know why he was the guy, but I still didn't like him. But in 2015, I came to respect him full that circle. Was, you know, like I know why he depends. Or why WWE depends on that guy. He gives his life to WWE. He does everything he can to, you know, get WWE out there and you know get more eyes on them. You know, he went as far as to learn Mandarin. You know, every uh, media appearance he does, he's always promoting WWE. Oh, yeah, that's you know, right, yeah. he's before he actually got more um, opportunities in Hollywood. You know, he was always there. You know, the whole time, just giving his heart and soul. And after a long time, I actually came to grips with it, and I saw just how dedicated of a wrestler he was, and I became, you know, much more respectful of him. With Roman Reigns, I don't know if that'll ever happen. You know, if we talk ten years from now, I don't know if all I, I you know, if I would have turned a new leaf on him and say that, oh yeah, I respect Roman Reigns in all facets, and I don't have any qualms with him anymore. I don't know, but yeah, um, I guess only time will tell. I'm actually a little scared. <laughs> that, yeah, in that predicament and see if Roman Reigns is on top for 10 more years oh, I just uh, I don't know if, if it's like a different Roman Reigns you know and like he changes up every once in a while I I think we'll be okay but like he is now it's like, not going to be the end of the world by any means no but. no it's it's the wheels will keep turning and then yeah. the spoke will just be changed and yeah. but uh I lost my train of thought yeah. ah okay I'm fucking so he we go into like do you think this is like like the worst mania ever this this year? Uh, for the ones that I that I you've seen, seen that you've seen yeah, in like for the two, ones yeah. I've seen yeah, yeah, yeah I would say WrestleMania 32 was the worst one I had ever seen at, at least live because going into the event I think I had pretty good expectations not not high ones. Well, look look at the card. Yeah, the, the card you know it was definitely on uh, paper it was it was destined to be like at least a good WrestleMania. Yeah, but I, it, it was definitely hindered by the vast amount of injuries that had preceded that WrestleMania in the year before in 2015 with guys like Seth Rollins yeah, and Cesaro so. and John Cena and you know, all those guys getting hurt. You know, that definitely left a lot of holes in the WrestleMania 32 card. So it's not, I mean, it's not like the card was super awesome and then it failed to deliver. It was just the fact that a lot of, you know, top tier talent was missing. So therefore, yeah. how could you give. WrestleMania 32, a lot of high expectations and come out with it, 
being fairly satisfied. So I don't feel like it's a fault on the performers, but at the same time, I feel like it is because... the execution. We should have got yeah. a lot more from the event. And I think with you know the less is more approach, I definitely think they went the other way around. I think they thought more is more was the best way to go. And How long was, was not. that entire program? I think in its entirety, with the pre-show and everything, I think it was over six hours. Jesus Christ. And how how can any one wrestling fan sit through all of that and have the energy to think that the main event is good? You know, despite whatever you thought of it, how could you sit there and have the energy to think, oh yeah, this was a great show? I was gonna just... go to that show. Like I was planning to go to that because it was five hours away. You know, why not? Uh, yeah. And I'm kind of glad I didn't go. I mean, it was just it was so you were so fatigued after watching all of it, and just add to the fact that. A lot of the matches were hurt by weird booking mm-hmm. and just not as great performances as you'd come to expect from a big show like WrestleMania. I think those two things really made WrestleMania come out as one of the more disappointing WrestleManias in yeah, history. I don't remember like feeling like that build up, like, oh my god, it's Mania now, you know? Like I don't remember feeling that. It was a little hard. I mean, like I said, because of yeah. the lack of star yeah. power. Like it was like Okay, what am I looking forward to here? Like, there's the women's match, but Dean and Lesnar. Yeah, yeah, Dean and Brock was probably the biggest disappointment. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I would say it's a tie between that and the main event. Your main event for your biggest show of the year, out of all of professional wrestling, should at least be a good match. And that was, if you ask me, what was the worst? match you've ever seen in wrestlemania like with with high with high expectations and high standards behind it i definitely say triple h versus roman reigns was the worst match i'd ever seen at least the worst main event i'd ever seen yeah yeah for sure because it was just 30 minutes of almost nothing and then one big spot with roman reigns spearing stephanie mcmahon and then just everything else you could see from a mile away roman reigns winning the world title it's just you didn't you weren't invested you had already seen this before and the fact that you were already seeing this before and they were already going with it, it's just how could you how how could how could you give anything emotionally? You can't because you've already seen this. What was the what was the the build up like uh, ten years ago when it was seen in Triple H at Mania? Because uh, I don't remember it. I remember I remember whenever I was um what, what was I like twelve? It was two thousand six. Yeah, I was twelve. Yeah. When this when this WrestleMania occurred. I remember thinking that that should not have been the main event because I felt like the Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton, Kurt Angle match. I thought that had a lot more emotion and drama yeah, invested it, that, into felt, it. Yeah, it felt a little more organic, at least with the Orton Mysterio pairing. And I thought with just Rey Mysterio winning the Royal Rumble, like most of all, that should have been the main event because when you win the Royal Rumble, you should be in the main event. That's WrestleMania. all. We see, that's all. Always thought it, it was. And yeah. Then, and then we get that shit show. In eleven and twelve, were the the openers were the Royal yeah, Rumble, the Royal Rumble winners. winners? Yeah, I mean that, that that's pretty <laughs> shitty, and it values the meaning of the Royal Rumble. It's almost like yeah. you know the Royal Rumble almost means nothing, but, it's like but a spit in the face almost, like you know, yeah, to the to the event. I just think it's I think it was silly when that happened. Yeah, but uh, but you know, in two thousand six WrestleMania twenty two, yeah, I thought that that triple threat match should have been the main event, and I was a little surprised that John Cena Triple H was the main event. Now at that time, I was a, kind of like a diehard Cena lover because I was still in that phase where 
you like the good guys and you hate the bad guys. And then your balls drop and then you you know everything. And I don't like John Cena because he, he can't wrestle. He, he sucks. Yeah. What? But uh, I don't know. Like the buildup, from what I remember, it wasn't really that dramatic or it wasn't even that complex. I think Triple H only became number one contender that February. So they didn't have like a whole lot of time to build up. I remember just being like a stare down and then that was it. It's like, oh my God. Like I remember like the dynamic was that Triple H was like a white collar, you know, silver spoon in his mouth. Pre-evolution, post-evolution. Yeah, it was kind of like a, kind of like a mightier than thou type of guy. It was better than you. He was born privileged and he was against (laughs) the, I don't know, I guess like the ghetto rapper that was always an underdog and always had to fight from underneath and, you know. It was like Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus John Cena instead of Triple H. Yeah, so it was like, that. Like, I think they were kind of stretching yeah, to yeah. get like a reason why to be invested in Triple H, John Cena. But at that time, like, it was also WWE trying to get John Cena over with that portion of the fans that just did not like John Cena, that couldn't buy into him because he was going over all of the better performers. Yeah, yeah, And I yeah. think that they were really trying to establish John Cena... As, like, a top guy. As the new top guy by having him go over the top guy before, being Triple H, and it still didn't work, but it kind of proved, um, even after that, as the years went on and as the WrestleManias went on, that John Cena was indeed the next top guy. You think that was a better main event than this one? Oh, definitely, because um, at that time, I feel like the drama was um, a lot more uh, prominent because there was a lot of fans that really hated John Cena, and this was only the beginning of John Cena's rise. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the the Chicago crowd was more vocal about it, and they were more in support for Triple H at that time to have him win. Because he was, yeah. Yeah, and this, this, this was just at a time where the crowd was probably a little more invested and you know the the build up to get there was probably a little more creative whereas i don't know this time around we kind of felt like we've seen it It it's almost it was like too creative almost yeah and just the john cena triple h match actually had a little bit of technique a little more drama and at that time i feel like a lot of people thought that maybe at that time triple h was going to win one more time because he was already the focal point of the world title picture on Raw, and maybe John Cena has a chance of losing. Whereas this time around, we yeah, all knew yeah. Roman Reigns was winning. So right, right, yeah. I don't know. And then like, like John Cena kind of became that first hated top guy. Yeah. And Roman Reigns was the dawning of Cena 2.0. So it's like again, we've already seen this. So we and we already know how we feel. And we kind of already know like how like because the path was already set. Yeah, and, and we kind of already know like okay, right here is gonna win or whatever, or at least an idea. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and at least for me, it, it was like, well, what's the point of voicing out your anger and frustration when it's going to happen? I remember that whole match. I was sitting on my phone just looking through you know everyone's opinions on the show, and you know by the time the match was about to end, and I saw it, and I was like. Well, I knew that was going to happen, so, eh. And to have your biggest show of the year end up with a main event like that that a lot of people just didn't care to see, you know, that really declines the quality of the show that you watch. And it's also a bummer because that was, like, marketed as, like, the biggest WrestleMania since WrestleMania 3, right? Like, oh, that it was the biggest WrestleMania ever. Yes. Yeah, biggest attendance ever. And you have a stink it. fest 
of a yeah. main event to cap off that WrestleMania, I felt like a lot of people got screwed with that main event. And they also got screwed with Dean Ambrose, Brock Lesnar. That was a match. I remember on my uh, wrestling uh, group on Facebook, I put up a poll asking everyone what was the match they were looking forward to the most uh, out of the entire lineup. And I think the Dean Ambrose, Brock Lesnar, no holds barred match beat out Shane McMahon, Undertaker, Hell in a Cell by just a little bit. But still, it showed how much people were invested in that match. And for us to only get 10 minutes with barely any weapon shots at all and kind of lazy layout of, um, you know, the match, you know, it really disappointed a lot of people. And to me, no match in that card really stood out as like, you know, uh, like oh my god. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like 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 a big change of anything. It wasn't like a game changer I, I, at all. I like to think like the women's match was like the closest thing to that. The women's match I, I felt was the highlight of the entire show, and that that to me spoke volumes in a yeah. positive light because it showed that women can yeah. beat out the men, and they they do belong on a big uh, on a big event like that, and they can be you know headliners. So yeah. I was actually very excited for those three women. Uh, Becky, Charlotte, and Sasha. I was really proud of them. But the fact that no one else were able to beat them and they were in the middle of the card, it just, it's, I don't know, it really reflected on me more that this WrestleMania was a big disappointment. Yeah, yeah. Before we go on, uh, is everybody in that group of yours actually in college? Or any of them are? Cause it's, we'll no, a lot of people are not. <laughs> now, now, the wrestling group I'm in on Facebook is titled I'm in college and I still watch the WWE. Shout out to them anyway. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm certain that at least one or two people from that group will listen to this podcast. Yeah, so, so thanks everybody that will listen to it. Yeah, this and is I, what Roman sounds like, by the way. Yeah, this is how I sound like. So I sound, pretty. Yay. Uh, so <laughs> I, I I love that group a lot. I know a lot of people know how I feel about the group, but I, I'll just profess it um, verbally that you guys are awesome. I love you guys. Thanks for everything you know that you put forth in that group. It's always fun to you know talk to you guys. Um, but yeah, no, a, a lot of people in that group are not in college because this group has been around for, I think over a decade and when, in the inception, of, yeah, and, and, uh, ever since that inception of the group, obviously a lot of people graduated right. and they're not in college anymore. I'm sure there's a good number of people that are in college that are in that group and that's probably how they found it. Do, do you know, but like, a lot of people there started are, it, like, are not in college. I, I don't know. I really don't know. I know some good friends of mine in that group have been there ever since the creation, I believe, of the group. Wow. Which is like over 10 years, but I, 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 <laughs> I don't know who created the group. But that group right now has over 2,000 members, yet only like maybe at tops 50 people only ever regularly comment and, you know, do regular posts every every week. Do you ever like I, – I, do you ever like, like, like have to like take anybody out? Oh yeah. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got uh put in as an admin maybe like half a year ago. I and longer. Yeah, I mean no no, no, I've what? only I've only been admin for probably over six months and okay. and, and okay. that in that time frame, yeah, there's a lot of bots and a lot of people that come in that try to get in the group and you, you gotta look in their profiles to see if they're, you know, worthy of being in the group, you know, if they're gonna be mature and they're not gonna just post a bunch of random stuff that doesn't need to be posted or to try to start stuff. Like you gotta look through their profiles and if they're like that, which I've had to see a lot of people like that, I've had to block them, that's what you gotta do. Hmm. So there's a a good number of great people in that group that are awesome to talk to, but there's also a lot of people that try to get in that think it's not a group 
for mature people and it's just a group to kind of bullshit around and be dicks and stuff like that and you got to cut those people out what was that with that conversation you were having with uh, don't mention any names here like uh i think it was like a couple days ago i don't remember what you were uh i don't know i have a lot of conversations he's, with that he's, group he's, he's a he's a black gentleman Oh, there's several of them. Days, yeah, several of them that I'm recent. really good friends with. Something about him, like, I don't know, TNA and liking, I don't know. I don't know. Not ringing a bell. Um, I don't know. I mean, they're, he, they're, like, I mean, called out, like, somebody and, I don't know, he started, like, a big fest or something. Oh! You know what no, I'm talking about? I know. I, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, th- this gentleman uh, got accepted to the group. Probably about a month or two ago, maybe even a little bit longer than that. He's like, he has like a white shirt. Yeah. yeah okay, okay. Yeah, okay. So, we about so guy. I, I, I forgot this guy's name already, but this guy, uh, for if people from the group are listening, they'll know who he is. But it, he was this guy that was really immature and had no knowledge of how to speak good English or, mm-hmm. or at least type out good English. He was always grammatically incorrect. And he joined <laughs> this group. Pretty much to insult everyone who likes WWE and WWE themselves and say, you're stupid for uh, defending WWE and you should, I don't know, like like other promotions or something like that. But that's all he ever talked about. Just just negative stuff saying that if you like WWE, basically, you're stupid. You're Mark. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and a okay. lot of people quickly took to him and basically, you know, just you know, tear, tore him a new one and basically just outed him as a dumbass. And made fun of him all the time, so and he, he never really caught on. He just he just kept doing it. He, he kept bashing us for being WWE lovers, and just I, I bet ha- he doesn't even watch anything else. Yeah, I, I, it's it's stupid that this 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 guy that hates WWE would join a group that has WWE in the title and is mostly WWE centric. And he yeah, he comes in and he tries to change all of our minds. Ooh. And a lot of people that I know just wouldn't take it. It, so. it goes back to that that your encounter with the Jehovah's Witness kind of almost. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I guess. But but yeah, like just a couple days ago, I, I saw that he was calling people out again for being stupid for liking WWE. And I, I had enough. I, I tried to be civil with the guy. And I tried to tell him, hey, man, like this is on you for joining WWE group. If you hate WWE, like you're kind of foolish for doing that. You're more than welcome to leave the group if you don't like us. Yeah, yeah. But he just he stayed around and he wanted to be more of a troll. He wanted us to feed him more, and he just he was just trying to start stuff stuff that was on like a five year old level. Like just and a lot of people <laughs> just didn't like it and they wanted to tell him to go fuck himself and get off this group. And after I think he said like. Oh, I'm not going to stop burying everyone in this group for liking WWE. I'm going to keep you know, doing what I'm doing. And I that... bet he was that guy who got excited when Hogan was announced. He was going to go to TNA. <laughs> 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 the new Monday Night Raw. For, for, for a man of his lack of intelligence, I don't know what could run through his mind that makes him giddy like He's that. He's like, oh, it's, it's but... WCW again. And like, oh, my God. <laughs> but I'd so probably cool. be a little too scared to, to, to know. Uh, but but after when he said that, I was like, okay, like I'm done with this. Like at first, I was entertaining it and I was being a little condescending just to be fun because I felt like he deserved it. But after yeah, a yeah. while, whenever he made his intentions clear that he was there just to be an, a dick and an asshole, and that he wasn't going to stop, I was like, okay, Took enough with this. This is going to ruffle too many feathers. I can't stand for this to happen. You know, for these good people that actually come on here and have intelligent minds that actually like to talk 
wrestling uh, logically. You know, I can't have that anymore, so I had to get rid of him. Okay. So, but yeah, he's been one of the more entertaining people I've had to block, whereas others they were just complete assholes, and I took complete satisfaction in blocking. But thank yeah. goodness. That's only been like maybe one or two people oh, that I've yeah. had to block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm otherwise, sure probably uh, block others. Yeah, otherwise, a lot of the people there are great. That's good. So, yeah, yeah. shout out to the – what's the group game again? I'm in college, and I still watch the WWE. And the majority of them aren't in college, so <laughs> the irony of it. <laughs> There's a lot of people that I would like to shout out to. I, I, just, I would feel bad if I missed any of their names. Uh, just, just, just tell them you know who you are. That's it. Yeah. You know who he is. I'm, yeah, you know who I am. You know who he is, what and you know who is. they are. But uh, <laughs> before we go on, I just want to... Just wanted to say, guys, that uh, we got a website now. Uh, yeahicantalk.com. I believe we released it around Christmas, or was it on Christmas Day? I am not. I don't remember. I think it was on Christmas, though. Don't quote me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, we upload the podcast on there now. Um there's lots. Of, it's a simple website to pretty much navigate through. It's self-explanatory. Yada 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 yada. I'll release a, a video on like you know just the different tabs and stuff that'll be on there. Uh, but it's up and running for you guys to check out. That's uh one last time. I'll probably plug it in again. Yakintalk.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. For a few weeks now, we've been on there and uh, it's been pretty cool. We've getting more traffic around since we expanded on there and. Uh, if you guys could do me a huge solid on iTunes and Stitcher, do you mind subscribing and downloading and rating the podcast? Rating, especially rating, rating the podcast. I, I would really appreciate it if you would do that. Um, it'll help us get more viewers and more eyes looking at us. You know, be like, oh, who are these guys? You know, so yeah, if you guys don't mind doing that, that'd be uh, pretty cool. If you guys want to hit us up on anything, our website, see, told you I was plugging it again, has a contact us uh, tab. So hit us up on with like a request or I don't know, whatever you want. If you want us to talk about something, hit us up. You know, also hit us up on the podcast Twitter at Yeah I Can Talk. If you want to be more personal with me, hit me up on my Twitter at Isaac Nava underscore sixty nine. Yeah, th- this guy's got a, a great podcast that's only blooming. Uh, it's o- all over the place. He just kind of talks straight from his mind without any filter, and he just talks about a myriad of stuff that's just really funny. So, like, if even if you uh, just like wrestling and that's all you ever want to hear in your podcasts, I think that it would be a, a good favor of yours to do yourself to go check out these other other podcast episodes that he's done. They're just really entertaining and funny and also very insightful and thought-provoking. So... Um, my suggestion would be to go on his other podcasts he has on his uh, website and just check those out, and you'd be entertained. Yeah, thanks, thanks for that. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, man. It's also speaking the truth. Yeah, also this, this is like the first our first episode of the new year, and it's also the tenth episode. I didn't realize I'd make it to ten. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. I'm I'm honored. Yeah, you're on the tenth um, episode. Yeah, ten, ten, ten. I was I was ten, tr- ten. I was kind of hoping that like. Before Christmas, that the Christmas one was going to be like the 10th one. Yeah. But, you know, I couldn't drag it out like an episode like that early. Like uh, that that quick. It's like, eh. Oh, I hear you. Just build up a little bit. Yeah. Don't, yeah. yeah don't, don't try to rush in too much. Don't, don't put in a, a six pounds worth of bologna into a two pound bag. I don't get it. I don't know. I was just trying to copy Taz. Taz says something like that. Oh, that's really? On, on, on the Taz show. So. The 
Tasha. I was trying to be clever. I really like his podcast. I really do. I, 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 love, I love, love his it. show. Yeah. You got me into it. I'm like, oh, this is really good. I listen to I it every it. day. He just, he, I don't know. I, I love the way that he just, I don't know. He's so, what is it called? It, it, it's the word. He's so irascible. Yeah. He yeah. just gets really angry for no reason. And he's so passionate about what he talks about. But he's also very insightful. And he does it in a way that no one else does it. And I feel like for a veteran, you know, of his years of experience, he really tries to look at the, at like the new age of, of today's wrestling, but he still has like the old, the old know, school mentality. Yeah, the old school mentality, yeah, yeah, and yeah. He, he he tries to you know stretch you know with that. He tries to look at the new stuff and see you know how good it is today. Whereas I feel like a lot of podcasters that are kind of set in their old ways, they don't really look too much into the new way of doing wrestling today. Like they, they don't give it a chance. Yeah, I mean, like guys like Stone Cold and Col- J- Col- Jr. <laughs> Yeah, they, they they have a wealth of knowledge, and they yeah, are yeah. are definitely good podcasters to listen to. And whatever they say, it, it's great to take in. But I definitely think whenever it comes to new style of wrestling, they're not so forgiving, and they're they're not too receptive. And it's I sometimes like a little they're, frustrating. They're more for like the old school guys, you know. That's fine. And yeah, it, which it's, is, yeah. that's awesome. I, I know a lot of fans that uh, share their same views. Yeah, so yeah. that's great that they can go to guys like Jr. and Stone Cold and share the same views. I mean, that's all. That's what. So variety is all about, you know, you, you got different flavors for everybody to like, yeah. but I, I tend to like those that are a little more open-minded and more receptive to, you know, the evolution of wrestling. So. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I um, love Taz. He's my favorite podcaster. Yeah. You but, know, was it, it was this year, right, when it was announced that uh, Daniel Bryan was retiring? Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. It was this, it was this year, right? I, I was getting my New Year's this year. Like, it was it? it was in February of 2016. Yeah, it, it was definitely the saddest, most heartbreaking moment of the year. Man, losing that guy. That was that was hard. Yeah, after all he gave to us, and he he was on like a huge rise that no one ever thought he'd be on. You know, with the Yes Movement and becoming a multiple time world champion and main eventing WrestleMania 30. Like, I felt like that was a story that we just, we, we unfortunately got robbed of, and we never got to see the true growth of that story. And for him to just immediately have to call it quits was just terrible. Tore my heart out. I, I, I kept crying and crying as it happened. Like, I remember, I remember seeing him announce it on Twitter. Like, I was hoping that this was some kind of ruse. Mark Henry. Mark yeah, Henry I, I was hoping shit. it was some kind of storyline that was going to ensure him a great spot at WrestleMania that year. And yeah. I just, I just, I, I just kept trying to convince myself that this is just a storyline. It's not real. We're definitely not losing one of the greatest wrestlers to ever grace a professional wrestling ring. He's going to stay. And then when it happened, I remember like, I, I, I like the whole group was doing commentary live for that episode and they were wondering what was going to happen. And I, I, I couldn't bear to type anything I couldn't bear to get in the mood yeah. to talk about other matches that was going on because all I kept thinking was Daniel Bryan and is this really true is this, is he really retiring and when he did it just everything around me just kind of shattered and yeah, fell was... apart and I just I didn't know what to think and then after he he was done with his speech I just felt completely like emotionally charged yeah with, 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 with what all he said and I felt like I had to type something on his behalf to just thank him for all he did and after that I just I just couldn't stop feeling down and I was like man like we'll never have another guy like him and uh-huh. I just I just wish he would have had many more years to give us you know what he could give us and 
like what five years is all he had. He had it right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, with the way he was wrestling, obviously it, it came to its close. So for him to wrestle a couple more years, that would be very scary to think about. You know, God forbid that would have been any worse for him. Yeah, for his health. But I just I wish he would have had a you know a, a, a better better closing moment than that. But I mean, I think I think we all wish. He had that selfishly, sure. selfishly, it's selfish, but I mean, the guy deserved yeah. it. But I mean, looking back, what more could you ask for? He was a guy that defied all odds of you know, beat the system, yeah, what it yeah. takes to be a, a true top guy in the top promotion of the world. And he was able to main event one of the biggest WrestleManias of all time, yeah. become a multiple time world champion, have many classic matches with a lot of guys. And you know, he just he inspired a movement, so like. I don't know. Like you can't write a better wrestling story than that. No, no. But that was definitely probably the lowest point of the year for wrestling for me was losing one of my one of my favorite guys. Definitely, definitely. And it's uh, even still this, to this day, I still don't believe it. You know, like I still like like yeah, it's been months now. It's almost a year, and it's like yeah, man, did that really happen or just like all a ruse? And then. Because yeah. they've been kind of like, it felt like it's been being teased like that with him in The Miz now. Yeah. But doesn't it feel like that? Oh my god, I, 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 I keep telling everyone that'll listen. Like, I swear it just seems like they're building up an eventual match between The Miz and Daniel Bryan. Because the way, like, like, like how great The Miz is at being that cocky, arrogant, just getting under your skin heel that just you just want it punch in the face. Like... With him being as good as he is at that, and with him picking on a guy that legitimately can never come back to the ring, like it makes you suspend your disbelief, and, and it makes you believe that is there a chance that Daniel Bryan could be cleared for just one more match, just to shut this prick up and to get closure on him once and for all, and to get him to stop picking on him. It's like that's what I think every time they have a confrontation. And with Miz, you know, mocking him in the ring, doing his trademark spot, it just makes me believe it's going to happen. Yeah, it's like it's it's so well pulled together. It's like it has to almost happen. Yeah, because then if not, then what what can Daniel Bryan do? Almost you know, he, he he can't get his revenge on him physically. So I think the only way he could do it without getting in the ring and physically harming him would be to get someone to do his work for him. But I don't know. Turn Daniel Bryan like this. Beat, like villain, <laughs> yeah. Like, 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 like he, he assigns some kind of hitman to to off the Miz, you know. It just oh, actually, that would be pretty cool. I mean, that, that's a scenario that a lot of fans have been talking about. Like, yeah. oh, what if Daniel Bryan calls up Samoa Joe or someone like Ooh. that to take care of the Miz? And I think that's great, but you know, yeah, just the, yeah, yeah. the way they're going about it, and then the fact that they haven't really revealed another layer to that rivalry, it just still makes me believe that in their deepest back pocket WWE is going to take Daniel Bryan out of retirement for one more match and just beat the Miz and then it's done like right off to the sunset it, it, it kind of it kind of feels like a give him like an actual proper goodbye this time around I I think so I mean I think for a lot of fans it'll never be enough until he actually does another full-time run in the ring and I would be guilty of that but mm -hmm. I still think that would be like a nice little send off little send off but I mean if you think about it, is it really necessary with him already having that that legendary retirement speech being so eloquent as he was? You know, is it worth bringing him back for one more 
match just to have it be over and then that's it. I mean, how Ric Flair did it. So yeah, like like, like Ric Flair, he cheapened his retirement by going to wrestle in TNA and do matches that no one ever really remembers. Like, is it worth it? Is it worth tarnishing that great send off they had? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but I would love to see Daniel Bryan back in the ring, but I don't think it'll happen. I, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it'll happen. Um, I wish. I uh, yeah. Both good, but it's almost it almost seems like they they kind of picked up where they left off back in. When was the last time they were like in a rivalry? Like twenty ten. It was two thousand ten. Yeah, and it, I, and I thought that rivalry was really good. It was probably, if not the best rivalry of that year, maybe the second best, just because of how real it felt. Yeah, yeah. I but I but I've really enjoyed what the Miz has done on SmackDown and how Daniel Bryan has acted as the GM and just them going back at it again, locking horns verbally. I've enjoyed all of it. Which is why it makes me believe they're going to have a match down the line because of how good their their heated rivalry is. But I mean, unfortunately, it's not going to happen. So you think there's like actual like legit heat behind the both of them? No, no. I think the way Daniel it Bryan describes like that, yeah. Well, the way Daniel Daniel Bryan describes the Miz as a wrestler, I think that he does feel that way. Yeah. Um, but maybe he just adds a little more to it to you know you know add spectacle to the storyline. And I do feel like that Miz does have a chip on his shoulder because of the fact that he's always kind of been resented for being from the reality TV show world. Yeah, and yeah. that he came in not as a wrestler that honed his craft in yeah. front of small yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. crowds and stuff on the indies. You know, he was a guy that came in with a bunch of, you know, flash and he Ooh. wasn't deserving of a spot on the WWE roster for him to constantly prove not only to himself but to everyone in the world that has detracted him that he actually can hang with the the big guys and actually can go toe to toe with the best in the ring you know I feel like that's always been his mission in wrestling so I feel like the way that he always goes off whenever he's doubted by Daniel Bryan I think that is true emotion which again goes back it. to the yeah. goes back to the thought that maybe they can have one more match to blow off this great rivalry and not have it go to waste but yeah we'll see I mean we'll see I I doubt it ever happens if it does I would love every minute of it but I don't know yeah well let's 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 you mentioned he's Daniel Bryan's the GM of Smackdown you know we we can talk about the fact that now we're back to the brand split again yeah the, the the brand split that caused a lot of concern for wrestling fans they didn't know what to think of it with the roster already you know, being, you know, utilized at its maximum point with seeing, you know, countless rep- repetitive matches. You know, we'd see everyone go toe-to-toe with each other already. It's like, well, now that you slim down the roster, you cut it in half, like, there's only going to be more cause of repetition, and it's just going to grow stale, and we're not going to like it. You know, like, how can you do that? How can you create more stars with just, you know, two brands with limited rosters? Like, how can that happen? I think, though, that WWE has been able to prove those detractors wrong, at least with SmackDown. Definitely with SmackDown. Yeah, because SmackDown, with the fact that it's two hours long, it's not a whole lot to digest, with Raw being three hours, and with SmackDown, with the way they're being creatively booked, everyone on that show has a purpose, and they're being used right with almost no filler in between, Mm kind of like how NXT started out. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. You know, whenever it started to get good, and just... You know, the way everyone talks on that show, it kind of feels like they're speaking from the heart. Like, I've, I've seen people kind of overuse the word a little bit shoot 
like like mm-hmm. like a lot of people on that show kind of it feels like they're speaking from a shoot perspective like they're like whatever they're saying is mm-hmm. real i i would definitely say that how, the way that they've you know done the rivalries there with ziggler miz miz brian uh cena styles ambrose styles um nikki natalia like like all those people that have gotten into their feuds feel like they have purpose because with the way they talk you can kind of believe that that the, whatever grief they have against the other person that it's real yeah, yeah yeah whereas on raw it feels like they are obviously reading from a script and none of what they're saying is real it's all manufactured therefore you can't buy into it adding to the fact that there's three hours of a lot of useless shit that you can just fast forward through if you're dvring it and it's just really you have a lack of motivation to watch it it's a lot of times I feel like, why am I watching Raw? Like when I know this is going to happen and this is going to happen and I can just easily catch highlights on YouTube and I can save myself the three hours. Yeah, the boredom of having to sit through three hours to maybe fish for one or two gems and then it's over. SmackDown, I do not feel like that. I feel like two hours go by and it's like it's over already. Yeah, like, well, I could have def- like one more. Yeah, I definitely could have watched one hour more and I would not have complained. Um did, did you catch that what's that new show that got on the network that recently came out it was oh man there's Rosin, a lot of new Rod, shows it's, it's like some guy and anyway he was interviewing JBL and Paul Heyman oh that bringing it to the table yeah, show yeah that, that shit like what, 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 what oh they mentioned God. the three hour thing what was your what's your take on that well at that point my phone was giving out I was watching okay. it on my phone and uh, so I had to go back and like go back to where, like where, where it was yeah, yeah. Um, so I only caught some of it, but from what I could take from it, it was pretty much just JBL. I think he went over, you know, how much money uh, robbing three hours makes for the company. Um, you know, so therefore, it's a great thing. Um, I know, like Peter Rosenberg, the radio host that was asking all these questions from the perspective of the fans, like he was, you know, asking them, "Well, do you think robbing three hours is good because of?" The length of it and how you know a lot of fans perceive raw to be kind of a waste of time because of how things are booked and how things aren't as organically built and they're not they don't have a whole lot of interest going into it and jbl and paul Heyman they immediately counteract it kind of with this whole well wwe is superior and vince is smart and if you don't like the way they're doing this then you're just whining and bitching to whine and bitch and that's all you guys on the internet ever do and that's kind of how i felt they answered every question that was being asked because Peter Rosenberg was kind of bringing up hot topics of, you know, what Internet fans, quote unquote, think of, you know, how things are booked in WWE or how mm-hmm. people are being handled or what should happen, this and that. And I felt like Heyman and JBL were being complete, you know, company men and towing the company line. And basically, whatever they got asked, they just had to answer with, well, Yes, WWE sir. is great for doing this. They're smart for doing this. And if you don't agree with it, you're stupid. You need to grow up or you need to get over and you need to, you know, go do your own thing. Right, right. So I just from watching all that, I was like, okay, this is definitely not a dirt sheet type show that they're trying to, to do. Because I feel like WWE is trying to attack everything and make everything into their own. And, like, if you ever want to, you know, go watch this thing or go see this thing, WWE has it, so why would you ever need to go anywhere else to you know listen yeah. to it or see it? And I felt like they kind of, I don't know, they failed what they had tried to attempt to do, which was try to be edgy 
and kind of out there and be not typical WWE, but they were typical WWE because they were just pushing their propaganda yeah, and making yeah, WWE sound like the yeah. be all end all. Which why shouldn't they? Because that's that's their company. Why would you right. ever speak out against your own company? Why would you ever say, oh yeah, Raw does suck? You know, uh, the, the people that are you know, in charge of making Raw three hours are stupid. They shouldn't have it run for three hours. You can't say that because you're harming your own company and you're not being a company guy yeah. but at the same time it should be well, a little bit modest too sometimes. yeah like wh- yeah. why have this show if you're just going to insult the very fans that pay for your network why are you going to insult their intelligence Didn't they change and say the that everything is great too? no they've not changed the prices. Well, I, remember, I remember like reading like this weird like you know if you pay this much you only get like the big four well what the, was that about the, oh, the, that was kind of like a premise that they were building up to uh, for a new uh, way to get, to get type. more subscriptions and more money for the network. It was it was like a tier system. Okay, okay. I, I forgot all the prices and like what came with it, but I think it was like for one, it was really cheap. You could only watch a certain amount of the network, and then you would have to get a bigger plan for it. And okay, I think okay. the next one was it was like it was like another like price uh, amount like like below nine ninety nine, mm-hmm. and it was you could get like the big four, like you said. And that was it. And then nine ninety nine was you can get everything that you already have, and maybe a little bit more. And then I think the last one was like fifteen dollars or something like that. Jesus. And you get you get like indie promotions, okay. and, that, and that's if indie promotions had agreed to have a partnership with WWE. But it looks like that's not the case because WWE is kind of quietly sabotaging a lot of promotions and taking their talent that they don't want being taken. So they're doing like the tournaments and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. The, like the UK tournament. I know a lot of UK <laughs> promotions. That had those uh, stars prior booked to them are mad because they're taking away all their top talent. So therefore, it's like diminishing their quality of shows Rightfully that they so. put out. Should be mad, yeah. So it's like they're kind of now backing away from having to do anything with WWE. I think the only, I think the only companies they have partnering up with them are um, Evolve, and I think that's it. But but because of the way WWE is trying to seize everyone, I think a lot of companies now are less apt to partner up with them. Therefore. I think that totally blew away their chance to do any tier systems because without having, you know, more indie promotions come in and give you new content, then there's not more, there's not any leverage to make you pay five bucks more than what you're already paying. So right. Yeah. yeah I mean, that makes sense. That I, makes I think sense. that's why they backed off on it. But you, think, you think it's a good idea that they backed off? Like... Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like. Uh, if fans are uh, are big enough fans of the network and and they actually do uh, enjoy indie companies besides WWE, I think they would pay for it. Okay. I honestly think I would shelve out the money for it. But in times like these, where you know money's tight, rough. yeah, like I'd rather just stay at nine ninety nine and just keep all my stuff, and I think that's fine. You get good stuff anyway with the ten bucks anyway. Oh, I think yeah, it's a, get, I think it's a steal. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, ha- having all the. Uh, companies pay-per-views ever and you know like all the other like WCW and ECW shows on there oh, like, that I giant think, library they have yeah I think it's yeah. great I think it's definitely way worth more than ten dollars oh yeah but they don't know that so we don't <laughs> I think they do know that they're just trying yeah. to figure out a time when to raise up the prices and have their uh, number of subscribers either remain or grow which I don't know if yeah, that could yeah, be the yeah. case anytime soon but I'm glad they are where they are at. You know, my, my one problem, and I don't know if they've been doing this for a while or this is like a new thing. Mm. What is with all these fan reactions I've been seeing? Like every every like 10 minutes I see like like some asshole in sunglasses or 
in a in a in a wife beater or whatever. He's like, oh my god, like I can't believe like you know you know what I mean. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, they, they cut to the, like the fans all of a sudden, like what, in the middle of a match or something. Yeah, well, with like the the like this sudden growing amount of camera shots yes. to the crowd. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why they <laughs> thought that was necessary all of a sudden, but they just started doing it. I think it was. It was either the, maybe the Raw or SmackDown before TLC, or it was at TLC, who they did an absurd amount of camera <laughs> shots to the crowd, where after every fucking move, like someone would go to do a headlock, and they immediately pan to some guy in the crowd looking bored, having his fist under his face, resting, just looking like he's waiting for some big spot to happen. Like, like I, I don't know why they thought that was a good idea. Just It's Kevin Dunn's fascination of... You know, wanting to, you know, just bullshit around with the camera and pan out to the crowd. I don't know what his fascination is with that. but fetish or something. Yeah, I, I, like on that show, they must have panned to the crowd like 100 times. Wow. And 75 of those times or more were probably unjustified. And it was after a move that didn't deserve to have a reaction shot. So I, I don't know what's up with that, but it seems like they've backed off on that, which is great. Cause oh, thank God. It just looks foolish. It looks like you're desperate to show people... That oh well this, like these matches are definitely worth reacting to and it's forced. Yeah, yeah it's so fucking forced. It's yeah, you know, it's part of WWE's problem is that they force a lot of stuff. They don't let things or organically grow yeah, and build. Yeah. That's that's definitely like a nitpick for sure. Yeah, but more than a nitpick. It's, I don't know. Usually how it's always been. Yeah, I, you know I I can't get behind like like their their weird like Tron fucking ramp when they come the entrance like on the floor I, I like it I don't know I, I feel like that's only they should say that for like like mania or for like pay-per-views because I feel like that's too elaborate I don't know that's just I've, my opinion yeah I, I've actually thought that several times like like, like, I, like their like their apron their LSD like whatever LSD LSD <laughs> like LED LED apron like I thought <laughs> I feel like that should just be like for mania or like the big four or something or their pay-per-views I don't know, just, I don't know. It's just, I think it's it would make it more special, that, that, that that's for sure. Yeah, I believe after a while you get used to it, then you become less impressed with how elaborate and how great the stage looks and everything like that. Um, I don't know, I don't have too much of a problem with it. I mean, that that's, I mean, I, I know, like, we're obsessed with, like, the little things and yeah, stuff, yeah, and yeah. We're, we're always kind of, like, like honing in on them, you know, oh, yeah, about yeah. what we think about them. But, I mean, I don't know. To me, it's not that big of a deal, like, I just think it makes wrestling look a little futuristic, and it makes wrestling look kind of big time. Like, oh well, yeah. you know, when you see this, it looks professional, looks great. It kind of grabs the eye, like it makes it look like a big show. So it looks like you should be watching it. Now, to us as the jaded viewers, that doesn't mean so much anymore when we've seen it for like six months. But to like the casual viewer who sees something like that like, that they've never seen it before, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. oh okay, wow, okay. Like, I, see, I see it by that point. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah, like yeah. this is on a big stage. Like it's so great. Like I wonder, you know, what more there is to see if you know the presentation like this is so uh, top notch. I mean, fuck, they even added it to the fucking ring posts. Yeah, I know. Like, I, what I, the hell? I, I thought at that point, like maybe it was going a little too far, but I've grown on it. Like I like it. And, you know, yeah, like, WWE sure. is not your typical professional wrestling show it's all about spectacle and grandeur so did, I, I, I like that part of it um did they change like their lighting or is it the barricades that change colors um because it kind of looks like the barricades are like new i mean they've t- they've changed all of the 
the mats and the barricades yeah, to yeah. a gray color. It's not black anymore. I, I thought that was just like the lighting. That's why I was asking. Uh, no, no. no I think, they're new. So yeah, SummerSlam was the first show that they did all that with. On the, on the new stage. Yeah, where, where they changed everything entirely. And ever since then, they've kept that look, at least for Raw and SmackDown and the pay-per-views. And I, I like it. I think it's a great change from looking at the your, your, your typical you know black matting, yeah, your, yeah. Your, your black barricades, yeah. and like the sets that you were so accustomed to for years before that. Like, I think it was a great change. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's a big positive for me in 2016 is the kind of the elaborate sets that they've done for the weekly shows. However, I still cannot give, get over the fact that pay-per-view shows do not have their own unique entrance are there yeah that's, that's, that's always that's always i've always loved that yeah that, that's something you know? that we've bitched about before that we wish that they that they would go back to is, is doing more unique sets for the for the pay-per-views i'm trying to think of like the, the very last unique set i think it was like tlc in like 13 2013 because they were you still using that their, their, their traditional TLC set mm-hmm. that had like all the ladders and shit. Yeah, yeah, they like they had all that stuff that I thought was great. No, I mean that, there's been so many, excluding uh, Mania, of course, but yeah. Yeah, I mean there's been so many sets that I've always appreciated, um, that look like they took like an like a insane amount of time to build, like the, yeah. like the Capital Punishment stage where it was all like the White House. Like, yeah, I yeah, loved yeah. that, and I love I've loved some of the SummerSlam stages with the arches and everything. Uh, oh yeah. Um, I love I love like the Money in the Bank stages with the like the big. And they always change them too. Every year there would be changed. It'd be like yeah, yeah. I mean, like there's been like countless arenas that I like for pay per views, and they've stopped that. And I feel like that takes away from the anticipation of watching a big pay per view is knowing that you're not going to get a unique stage for that. It's going to be like you're watching a Raw or SmackDown, but you're paying money for it. Yeah, they they started as far as I can remember. They started doing that in 2014, right? With the rumble, that's why I remember like that uh, rumble stage looked just like, like the raw, and then they hung like that roll rumble sign that they always hang on the entrance, like near like the ring. Remember that? I think Batista one. Yeah, I actually think that it was after Extreme Rules of twenty fourteen. You're right. Yeah, you're right. And I, yeah. I kept track of this only because of the two K games. That's right. That's right. The two K games. Yeah. Like, cause yeah. In, uh, what was it? Two K fifteen. Like the like their cutoff thing is like it's like from the may pay-per-view of the previous year to the april pay-per-view of that year where the game comes out and extreme rules 2014 was like the last updated uh arena that's right uh, in in that in that um in that uh that base of time Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. for the uh for the arenas included and and that, that i remember that one having a unique stage where it had like a big x and like a different type of uh, Tron behind it, and then I think Payback also had a different one too. It had like a like a, it kind of had like yeah, this weird like so. middle thing where it didn't have anything, but then like it was kind of like hanging. Right. That? So so yeah. it may have been a pay per view or two after that where they uh, just used the sets like for Raw and SmackDown on every pay per view, and then I remember a lot of people saying, "Oh, that's that sucks. Why would they do that? It's like yeah. unoriginal. It makes every show look bland." And then I heard like they had to do it for uh, cost cutting measures and. That's, I don't know, it's a little hard to believe, but okay. Yeah, it's almost like, it's not like they're, like, an example TNA or anything, you know? Yeah, but I don't, I don't, know. I don't know what goes behind it, so I can't say anything, you know, on their behalf. But all I can say is that I do miss it. But, I mean, I, I'm glad that we at least get unique sets for WrestleMania. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. 
Because look, imagine if you got like a raw, <laughs> the raw steamed that would really suck. Some it'd tiny be, thing in his chair. It'd be very <laughs> underwhelming, and it would just look silly. But uh, I don't know. I didn't like the WrestleMania 32 set. I mean, I thought it was impressive with its size, but I didn't, it didn't understand it. Like, was there's like a giant star, and there was like another star at the floor. Yeah, I mean, it was basically just all Tron, like 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 no no real big elaborate props or anything. Just it was just all Tron, which I, I liked. Like what's thirty one was too, except for like that that play button. That was right, like yeah, the only no, prop that I can but, think. But of. But I actually like that. Like yeah, like that one. Like it was a little easier to look at because it was a little smaller than the WrestleMania thirty two set. And it was just like the play button looked nice, and like I don't know, and the fact that it was outside, like I like that. That was actually if I looked at the. At WrestleMania 28, and then the 31 one, it's like it's the exact same one, except they changed the Mania letters. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's the same type of goal, like as yeah. in terms of the arena layout. But I don't know. I, I like both of those. 31 more. Uh-huh. Uh, I like the big WrestleMania 30 set, which like the whole logo was the entire oh, set. That was beautiful. I mean, that was definitely eye catching. I like that. When Stephanie and Triple H did the video where they unveiled it. Yeah, I, I, I really love. Yeah, that. I fell in love with it. Yeah, I, I got goosebumps when I saw that, and then WrestleMania 29. I thought that was one of the best sets they ever did, just because yeah, of yeah. the big bridge and the so Statue the of Liberty. Bridge, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I love that, but yeah, definitely nowadays I feel like that's that part of wrestling is missing, where I, I, you expect to see new sets. For I, all I really, shows. I really like the roof they did for WrestleMania 24, the little roof. I like and that. And they had too, the yeah. TVs at the end of them. Yeah. I kind of wish they had kept that thing going when they did outdoor arenas. Yeah, that, that, that was the beginning of their uh, their HD. HD that run. was the first HD. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I that was definitely something new to look at, and I thought that was I thought it was all pretty cool. I thought that was awesome. I thought like hey, I like those people right there can watch it on the TV. Yeah. You know, which I kind of wish they would have they would have carried that on to like other manias that had outdoor arenas. Right. But uh. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm just hoping WrestleMania 33 set is pretty cool, but again, like that that that'll just be a nitpicking thing if we are to complain about it or yeah. or praise it. But uh, it's more of like in between us, so whatever. Yes, yeah. like a little casual fucking. You know, what time is it? We're on. We're going right. an hour and twenty four ish. All right, so we're almost at the end goal. End goal. We can go a little. It. We can we can go a little over. Yeah. So yeah, I think we're doing it. I think this would probably be a good time to go over my uh, top ten wrestlers of All right, fuck it. Yeah, 2016. Go for it. I didn't prep for this, so it's, this will just be you. Yeah, this is kind of my fault. I just thought of this today yeah, at yeah. work, so go for I, it. I, I thought you know doing a top ten singles male wrestlers list 2016 would truly make this a little more of a 2016 wrestling retrospective. Mike so yours. yeah, so I be careful. I'm going through my iPhone right now. I've got several lists of. You know, top best wrestling whatever so wrestler so this is my latest one that I've devised oh, oh my god <laughs> yeah that, that that's great build up thank you for selling my Jesus my top Christ. 10 list yeah see he's feeling like this already I've not even revealed any of the top 10 contenders oh. imagine what everyone's going to feel when I reveal them all right go ahead all right so I'm going to start from number 10 and go up to 1 all right so am I uh my top 10 uh 2016 wrestlers my number 10 is johnny mundo from lucha underground uh i've I've kept up with lucha underground um religiously this year so i've been able to see all the um all the wrestlers um on every episode you know what they've what they've done and how uh how they've wrestled and a lot of people uh on that in that promotion i am big fans of guys that have competed in pwg and in other places like that like i've already known them when they first came in so like i already know what to expect 
Yeah, Prince Puma. Uh, sadly, I do not have him on my list. Oh. I probably should have prefaced this before with the honorable mentions. I didn't put in guys like Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura and Ricochet. No, I put in AJ. <laughs> but guys like that, I didn't put in. It was hard to exclude them, but I felt the 10 guys before them. Some honorable mentions. Yeah, I felt okay. I felt these 10 guys that I'm about to name off deserved to be on this list just a little bit more than they did. But hopefully in 2017, some of these guys I excluded will have a much bigger year. So. Let's hope. Yeah. But anyways, my uh, number 10 is Johnny Mundo. Uh, <clears throat> I've always loved him when he was uh, John Morrison back in WWE. I felt he was underutilized. And I felt he had the skill set to become something bigger. He was a Janetti. That's continuity. That, that's remembering a storyline that no one probably remembers with The Miz. I know. <laughs> no, but I felt like in WWE, he didn't really get to evolve his character right. at, at that point where he could be a believable top guy. Whereas in Lucha Underground... I felt with his promo work and the way he conveys his character has had a little more layers to it. Mm -hmm. And the way that he um, conveys himself as a on-screen jerk has been really great stuff to see, especially with his uh, partnership with Jack Evans and uh, PJ Black. I felt he's maximized all that he could with his personality. Um, Is he still banging Melina? No, uh, okay. I actually think he may be with Taya, but really, yeah, I, 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 it's not been confirmed at least okay. to me. So I don't yeah, know, yeah, yeah. but they're okay. like they're always together, so I would, I would assume. But at um, least you know, friends with benefits. I'm sorry, go on. Yeah, I don't know. But anyways, but I felt like he's really improved um, as an all around wrestler uh, in 2016. I hope he brings his his, his mustache T-shirt again. Oh, yeah, yeah, with Eli Cottonwood. <laughs> But I, 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 I felt like he's really stepped up his game and some of the matches he's put on with the likes of uh, Brian Cage and uh, Prince Puma and other guys like that, I felt like he's done a great job. Uh, and especially with um, his talking. And he ended his year in Lucha Underground of 2016 as Lucha Underground champion. So he's now a world champion. And I feel like he's really deserving of that. So uh, top, great, awesome. top praise goes to Johnny Mundo. Uh, my number nine is Broken Matt Hardy from TNA. I never would have thought that I would have had Matt Hardy in a top ten list uh, for yeah. any um, years uh, in recent memory. But I felt like with the revitalization and the resurrection of his, uh, I don't know, his, um, like his fame and his creativity as a character, like I felt like he's done a phenomenal job uh, recreating himself and just thinking of like the wackiest funniest most entertaining shit ever in wrestling the fact that he's come up with all that stuff and he's been able to turn around a lot of people who came in hating who he became and make them love every single single thing that he does that's i think great. that's that's awesome yeah. and with a guy that's been around for a long time and for him to be able to have like a second career mm-hmm. being able to do all the stuff that he's done as broken matt hardy is just a testament to how great that guy is and how long I think it's been put off by the companies he's worked in and the fact that he's been able to show that I think it's just great that he's been able to kind of surpass his brother Jeff as in terms of popularity like I always knew he had the potential to become bigger than him but I never saw when he could do it but I'm glad that 2016 was his year and I'm looking forward to what he's going to do next year or this coming year in 2017 see i kind of thought it was kind of like a callback to his like version one thing 
because he's, he's mentioning delete and look at the version one thing was yeah of i mean yeah yeah so, some of it is in yeah. reference to his older character yeah. but i mean all around this is a completely yeah, different this, thing that this, yeah this is different it, it just completely changes what you would think of wrestling when you see matt hardy so <clears throat> i mean this guy is completely untraditional but i think he fits in with this new age of wrestling where a lot of things are changing and just props to him like i i couldn't help but not you know mention him on my list yeah so. for sure he's, so yeah he's number nine there. yeah uh number eight is will osprey uh he's kind of all over the place he's signed to new japan to ring of honor and he's signed to several uh uk promotions he does a lot of work there um if it wasn't for will osprey i would have had ricochet in there but uh because both of them are just very talented high flyers that just continue to change the game and do a lot of things that i never thought was possible in a wrestling ring but this guy I felt like he really broke out especially with that big match he had with, with ricochet in the best of super juniors in new japan where he had like they were in this gif on twitter that got like a bunch of retweets and likes where they did like this elaborate sequence of like gymnastics and stuff that just oh, blew, I remember that. Yeah, yeah yeah they yeah, blew yeah. away everyone's minds and stuff and it was it was at the peak of controversy with people saying, oh, this isn't wrestling, like it's gymnastics and other people saying, well, this is like a new way of, you know, doing, you know, wrestling yeah. matches and stuff. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, no matter the perspective on it, he opened up a lot of people's eyes and he got a lot of people talking with, with what he can do in the ring. And with that, he was able to win the Super Juniors. He's won a lot of titles. He's been thrusted into a lot of companies that probably wouldn't have gave him like that much of a chance if he didn't get all that notoriety with his big match with Ricochet. So I think he's just he's broke a lot of molds in uh and you know what the expectations are of a wrestler and like what the standards are. And I I think that he's only got a brighter future from here on out. So yeah, with yeah. what he's done uh, in wrestling, I think that's something to take note of and I definitely think he belongs on this list, so yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, Will's number eight. <clears throat> number seven is The Miz from Ooh. WWE. Again, another guy that I never would have thought I would have included in a top ten list. But I can't deny the fact that ever since his wife Maurice came in WWE and managed him, he was given a second chance to kind of prove himself as a main event player. And he's done a lot to revitalize the Intercontinental title. And just all the... All the smack he's been talking and all the just the money promos he's been cutting and stuff and the, like the matches he's been putting on with some very talented wrestlers. I mean, how can you not put him on the list? Yeah. And a lot of people think that he should be in contender like in contention for the WWE title. I mean, I'm not that great of a fan of Miz. I really wouldn't care to see him in a world title picture, but I can't tell anyone that thinks that that they're wrong. Right. Because of the fact that he's been cutting all these just great promos and been putting in his work in the ring. Like, like I would say he's definitely up there and he's deserving um, of another title run. I wouldn't like to see it really, but if it happens, it, I can't really deny it because he's right. done a lot to, to earn it, to, to earn it yeah, and get back yeah, in yeah, that, yeah. in that top spot where we thought he peaked in 2011. And after mm -hmm. that, he just became a guy that did all these media appearances for WWE. And that was it. He wasn't meant to be taken seriously, but this he's year, Marine. Yeah, the Marine. Yeah, see that guy. I never would have rooted for that guy or thought he was a credible uh, guy uh, for the company well, you know, as in terms of in-ring work or keeping our interest. But definitely this year, I think he did a lot to 
earned a lot of fans' respect back. So I think he's, I think he's got a lot of things uh, that are huge coming up for him. So yeah. let me preface this that he's not the, the actual first Marine. He's like the third or fourth one. Third. Yeah. See, he's not Teddy Biasi or John see, Why would you root for the third and fourth Marine? That's just pitiful. What was in Summer Rain? Like the, the last one? <laughs> yeah, and one of those incarnations, or I don't know, some WWE film there's, there's video be, that we did. There's going to be a fifth one where they all collide, so they're going to have to hire Teddy Biasi back. <clears throat> <laughs> it's going to be an Avenger style. <laughs> well, that's your sick wet dream. <laughs> the Marines. You, 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 you can have another podcast signed to that where you just talk about that. <laughs> my, I, my fan fiction. <laughs> In this oh scene, John Cena and Ted make out. For oh, Jesus. <laughs> anyway, go on, go on. You, you, you're one heck of a guy. And then The Miz. Okay. Well, yeah, Miz number seven. <clears throat> Yay. Uh, number six is Tetsuya Naito from New Japan. So a lot of people may not know who this guy is. They're but about to. But I'll give you kind of like a like a, like a like a backstory on him. So, um, do you know of Hiroshi Tanahashi? I think I've heard of him, but I'm not. I can't say. For He's sure. the ace of New Japan. He's essentially Japan's John Cena. He's like the face of the company. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> like, yeah. Uh, like he's the wholesome good guy that you know does nothing wrong, and you know he's yeah. always there to fight for the fans and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, basically, how. Tetsuya Naito, you know, how he was, you know, getting started at, to becoming a, a, a big name. Mm-hmm. He was kind of being built as Hiroshi Tanahashi 2.0. Like, they kind of had, like, the same... Build. Yeah, kind of like, like kind of like the same way they were being booked as, like, oh, they're a clean-cut guy that never does any wrong. And, you know, he's there to always fight for the fans. Like, What about Pegasus Kid? I have no idea how that <laughs> relates to... What I'm talking about now, <laughs> but that that's how fans kind of viewed Tetsuya Naito. So they weren't giving him a chance. They were kind of backlashing on him, like fans did on John Cena and Roman Reigns. Like he was like the still character that was just another ripoff of like the top guys. So therefore, he didn't have anything to grab you to root for him. Yeah, yeah, because you, know, you already that, that seen it. Unique. Yeah, yeah. So you've seen it. Yeah. He changed up his character, and he became the leader of Los Ingobernables del uh, de Japón. Ooh. And he's like, he's kind of like a real badass type guy who wears suits. He wears like this kind of monster mask, and he doesn't give a shit about anybody. He's like the anti-hero. He doesn't care about uh, corporate stuff or anything. He's against the system. Okay. So he's kind of like, oh, you know, fuck this, whatever. But I'm gonna be true to myself, and I'm gonna so stone cold, but not bold. Yeah, like I, like I'm a winner no matter what. And right. And like the the, the kind of cool thing he does is whenever he wins a championship. Whenever he gets handed the title, he throws it up in the air and lets it drop, and he just walks off. <laughs> he doesn't even care about the championship. All he cares about that is that he's the winner and that everyone knows that he is to be respected, and that's it. That that's kind of like the premise of what Tetsuya Naito is. So I think just speaking that's alone. That's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> like speaking alone on his character, I think he is a big star that's only going to become bigger in 2017, this Rains. year. Take note. <laughs> Well, that's kind of who he's been, who he's been compared to, and that's like the fans of New Japan and fans of Tetsuya Naito. They kind of want Roman Reigns to kind of be that same way to kind of, you know, get get away from how he's been booked in with the character he is, and kind of be like that anti-hero guy and actually make it work. Whether that happens, we'll you know, see. successfully is, is will remain to be seen. We got him for ten years, so we'll see. But that's who Naito is. He's an anti-hero, and in 2016, he became IWGP Heavyweight Champion and IWGP Intercontinental Champion. He's the current reigning Intercontinental Champion, and he's had some pretty damn good matches with the likes of Okada, 
and uh, Kenny Omega, which I'll get into later. Ooh. So he's definitely been a big star on the rise for New Japan, and he's my number six All right. on the list. Halfway through. Yeah. Uh, at number five is Dean Ambrose from WWE. Oh, wait. Fuck, really? Yeah. I, I, I At first, I didn't know whether or not to include him just because I wasn't too big on him this year. I was going to say, yeah. I'm but looking back on his accomplishments, he started off the year as Intercontinental Champion. <clears throat> then he had, like, big feuds with Triple H and Dean Ambrose. And then in the... Dean Ambrose in, with Dean Ambrose. Oh, I'm sorry. What did I say? You said you said you, you, you're like, and then he went on to have big feuds with Triple H and Dean. Ambrose. Yeah. Okay. I, my, my apologies. No, you're fine. He went on to have a big feuds with Triple H and Brock Lesnar, and then in the uh, middle of the year, he cashed in Money in the Bank to become WWE Champion. So for uh, for longtime fans of Dean Ambrose, that was something huge to celebrate. Yeah. And then he held the title not for that long. It was just like for a couple months, and then after that, he became the Intercontinental Champion again at the end of the year. Uh, so and I read like a, like stats on the wrestlers that had the most matches uh, of the year, and for two years in a row now, Dean Ambrose has had the most matches. That makes sense because I, w- I would see him a lot in matches. Yeah, I think last I think or in twenty fifteen he had something like two hundred matches, Fuck. and then in twenty sixteen he had one hundred and ninety something matches. Is that including like the live events? Yeah, live events, okay. uh, uh, regular shows, pay per views. Uh, so that guy is definitely a workhorse, and I do think he deserves a lot of recognition for just how hard he works. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. for this, for like the creative stuff he's been dealt with, I feel like he's kind of been dealt a bad hand in some in some cases. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he really does try his best to be entertaining and give the fans something to natural. latch on to. It feels natural, so it's, it's he definitely is yeah. a unique guy. Um, so I, I do feel like he deserves a lot of credit, recognition, and respect. So as much as I've kind of cooled off on him uh, in the past year or two, I do feel like he is a top player, and he does deserve recognition for being, uh, you know, part of the top elite talent of 2016. Fuck yeah! Fuck so yeah. he's my number five. Um, All right. Number four is Kevin Owens Ooh. from WWE. Um, yeah. I, I'm I'm in a conflict to name him as my favorite wrestler right now. I think three guys right now are like in a tie for like my uh, top favorite guy. But he's been my favorite guy for a while just because of the charisma he exudes and just the humor he has, the way he talks, the way he wrestles, the versatility of his styles that he has in the ring. It's perfect. I feel he, like he's a beautiful man. Yes. I feel like he can just do about anything. Um, I think the only thing that hinders him from being like a like the top guy is his look, and that's unfortunate because I feel like looks aren't really the most important thing of a guy. Like as long as he can draw you in somehow uh with you know what he does and he's got a lot of skills i feel like that's what's most important see this is the guy who needs to be being shoved down our throats and like i feel like for for like every case if you were to have something shoved down your throat you would resist it because it's shoved down your throat and after a while it gets too repetitive and then you don't like it anymore okay that's that's fair but but if i were to say you know, a, a, you know, a handful of talent. Like if they were to be shoved down our throat, and I wouldn't get tired of them. I do believe one of them would be Kevin Owens, just because he is very versatile mm-hmm. in just everything he'd be asked to do um, in, in in any segment or match or anything like that. I've always been entertained by him. Yeah. Uh, this year, um, he became the Universal Champion, which kind of came out of nowhere, but. It's kind of nice to see that WWE found him to be the guy that they could rely on to carry out the top stories on Raw uh, every week. He's been 
one of the constant uh, few highlights of Raw, I feel like, for the whole year. Um, I can't wait to see him break away from Chris Jericho because I feel like then he would uh, show we, off who he really we, yeah, is. As like, yeah. a, as like a true badass that doesn't take anyone's shit. Um, and th- that's, co- that has, that's coming. It, it has to be. It's coming, but yeah. I, I feel like 2016 was necessary in what he's done because he can show that he's a funny guy who can't entertain. So I feel like this has been like a vital chapter in his career because mm-hmm. he can show you that he can make you laugh and be fun and entertaining, and you can always depend on him for that. But I feel like there'll be a next chapter where he can prove that he's like he's he's a next level performer that you can always depend on to have great matches and to be serious yeah. and to and to draw a lot of money. Fuck yeah! And th- and this year I feel like he's only on the cusp of that, and he'll only continue to do bigger things in 2017. Like I said, he's just. A phenomenal all-around talented guy and i do think he's destined for bigger things so that's my number four uh kevin owens right. uh, number three is kazuchika okada from new japan uh for most of the year he's been the iwgp heavyweight champion um for those that don't know that really know who he is i guess a lot of people have compared him to randy orton like when he first started out as a heel he was kind of like that cocky guy that had like a slow swagger to him that had like the million dollar look okay. that you could appoint as the top guy of the company and no one would question it just because of how he carries himself how he looks and how he performs in the ring yeah and i feel like um this year he really stepped up as being the number one guy in new japan where before it was hiroshi tanahashi like say go back to like 2009 where cena and orton were the obvious two guys that were the at the top of the company mm-hmm. if orton were to be the number one guy and if he were to truly uh overcome john cena as the number one guy then that's what kazuchika okada was that's what he did in 2016 he overcame tanahashi's spot and i think he's now the new number one ace in new japan and he's had just phenomenal great matches with just about anybody he's been in the ring with guys like kenny omega hiroshi tanahashi naomichi uh, marfuji um just about anyone that, that that he steps in the ring with he just brings out the best of who he's competing with. And I feel like in any company, if you were to go to any company right now at the moment, and if you looked at any top guy that was billed as truly the top guy of the company, and if you were to believe in that top guy, it would be Kazuchika Okada. Mm-hmm. And he's only 29, and he's already he's already a four-time IWGP heavyweight champion, and he's already had countless five-star matches. So uh, He's only going to get better and better. He's only going to get better and better, and that's really scary. And <laughs> I think he truly will be the top guy for New Japan for another decade to come. So, Fuck yeah. Yeah, he's my number three. Ooh, uh, number great. two is Kenny Omega. And I was really conflicted with putting him at number one because I felt like he has been the best wrestler of all 2016. Oh, he's had yeah. the he's... best matches or like, like like the most critically acclaimed matches out of anyone that anyone's had this year. He's had just phenomenal matches with guys like Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, Tetsuya Naito, Hiroki Goto, um, Michael Elgin. Just any big match I felt that Kenny Omega has had this year. I felt like he just knocked it out of the park and surpassed anyone's expectations. And this year he became uh, see, what he, he became Intercontinental Champion. Uh, he won the G1 Climax 26, uh, which gave him the right to challenge Okada uh, at Wrestle Kingdom 11, which just happened a couple days ago yeah, for, yeah. The, for the IWGP Championship. Uh, he just, like I said, for, for all the moments where it counted that he needed to prove that he was uh, a big contender for being the new top guy, I felt like he knocked it out of the park, 
and I felt like no one really could compete with Kenny Omega as being no like like, like the top quality performer. Yeah. I think the only guy that could have was AJ Styles, and I felt like he was close a lot of times, but I felt like Kenny Omega outdid him by a couple levels. And I feel like 2017 has got to be the year of Kenny Omega. How old is he? I think it's like 33. Oh, he's still so, young, yeah. Yeah, so he, he's still pretty young, but like he's doesn't have like too much time left to prove that he can be a top guy. I think maybe he's got like about a good seven more years. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, that that's fine enough. But I feel like they New Japan needs to strike when the iron's hot. And I don't think there's any hotter professional wrestler in the world right now than Kenny Omega. I feel like yeah, he's, if he's you... white hot. Yeah, I yeah. feel like if you were to become a free agent right now, I feel like every promotion would be scrambling to pick that guy up because the match he just had at Wrestle Kingdom 11 a couple days ago, I don't know if you've seen... But, I, I saw it, parts but, of it. Yeah, yeah but everyone it's... is going over the moon bonkers about how great that match was. Even uh, Dave Meltzer, like um, a well-respected journalist of over 30 years uh, for the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, he actually rated that match six stars. And he only has a usually like a negative five to five star rating for all the matches that he critiques. And I think this is only like the third or fourth match he's ever given six stars out of his thirty plus years of reviewing wrestling. So that's very well put together. Oh, it was amazing. It was I, beautiful. I, I watched it again uh, before I came over because the first time I watched uh, Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Okada for the heavyweight title at Wrestle Kingdom 11, I, I saw it the first time, and I already knew going in, like, what one or two key spots were in the match, and I already, know, I already knew who won. So I was in this silly thought process that, oh, well, what if I'm too jaded with what I already know, and what if I don't react to the match as raw and as pure as I could, and what if it takes away from me thinking that this truly is one of the greatest matches anyone's ever seen? So whenever I saw it, I thought it was definitely a five-star match, but I didn't think that it was as great as people thought it was. Then I watched it again before I came over, and I still felt raw emotion, and I still felt like I was rooting for Kenny Omega to win, even though I knew he didn't. Right. So that just only proved to me that this was indeed one of the greatest matches I've ever seen, which only adds more credibility to the notion that Kenny Omega is definitely one of the greatest wrestlers right now competing in the world. I feel like he's the greatest and I think down the road, he will be one of the all-time greats that everyone looks at and thinks, yeah, he's definitely a guy that got me to become a huge fan of wrestling. Fuck yeah. So I feel like 2017, he's got to be the top heavyweight champion of New Japan. And I feel like if he is the top um, champion of New Japan, that he will bring New Japan to uh, greater heights than it has. And he will expose it, uh, the company to um, a level. more global scale. Yeah. So anyways, I, I can't speak more highly enough of Kenny Omega. I think he's tremendous. Uh, he's definitely my strong number two of the top ten. Only to be outdone by number one, oh AJ God. Styles. Which, Fuck! Yeah, I know. That's a big <laughs> shocker, right? But he's yeah. No, but he's been on everyone's um, you know top number, list as yeah. the number one guy. And deservedly so. Because he was a guy that was always looked at as the TNA guy. That he was the face of that company. Uh, a company that's been damaged goods for a long time now that no, that hardly anyone ever takes seriously. And so by that verdict, AJ Styles isn't a guy that everyone should give a lot of attention to because he was the focal point for many years of a company that never really truly deserved anyone's attention just because of the 
silly and terrible decisions that was made within that company, which was a shame. And then, now look at him. Yeah, then he went on to New Japan. He had a, a career resurrection. He became one of the greatest performers um, you know, of his time. I feel like he was before um, in TNA. Uh, he was widely regarded as one of the best in, in the world. Then he became even more so in New Japan. And now in WWE, he got to show to a larger audience that he is still indeed one of the best in the world, even at his age. I think he's like 38 or 39. And a lot of people were scared to see how Vince would use him because he probably still had that stigma of being a TNA guy. And, you know, with WWE's history of not pushing a whole lot of people that were made under WWE's, you know, machine, you know, they've never really been given a chance to shine. And he, he... Obviously, he didn't come in, you know, looking like a, a great big star that had a promising future. Yeah. But after he showed that he could hang with the top talent, he obviously showed Vince McMahon why he is a top guy that can be relied on, which all of his fans knew. So only after that, he became the top guy of the company. He became the MVP of the company, and he became WWE champion, which a lot of people never would have thought Mr. TNA, AJ Styles, would be WWE champion and would beat John Cena three times. Like that's Fuck, insane. It's that crazy. And I remember watching him in TNA. Like he was definitely not the greatest guy on the microphone. He always kind of came off as a little awkward. Whereas this year, I felt like he's really held his own with the top guys in the company, and with just the way he wrestles in the ring. Like he's a heel, but he's cheered constantly. Like no matter what town he's in, he could be like in a town that isn't really widely known for being the hardcore wrestling city like and he's still being cheered and he's still yeah. being cheered he still gets one of the biggest uh, crowd reactions of the night on the show and it just really shows how um how admired and how respected AJ Styles is i'm glad he, that he's got the chance to show that he is a guy that deserves a lot of respect and that he actually is one of the best in the world and i felt like this year in WWE uh, and in professional wrestling, overall, he was the best. Like I said, if Kenny Omega, you know, if he uh, had become world champion, he may have beat out AJ Styles. But AJ Styles did the unthinkable. He became WWE champion, the top champion of all professional wrestling in the world. I, and that was the big you know, step to making him number one. And I'm just so excited for AJ, and I'm excited to see what he'll do in 2017. Uh, so, yeah, that he's... My number one, and that's my top ten. He's the champ that runs the camps. What is what's his Hell other yeah. one? Hell yeah. What's his other one? He's the face that runs the place. <laughs> He's the champ that runs the camp. I don't think they've come up with any more clever names for him, but uh, that's who he face. is. I, I, I feel like he's one. the top yeah. guy in WWE, and until someone knocks him off that place, which I don't feel like I don't feel will be a while from now, then he's Hope. staying there. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he's the top guy. So. Well, fuck, man. We got... 2017 to look forward to and who knows what the fuck we're gonna get and already we've had some pretty wild stuff go down we've had a six star match go down between kenny omega and kazuchika okada what a fucking way to open the year Uh, i i'm i'm already calling it right now i don't think any match of this year will beat that match it's gonna come close to that yeah yeah i I, if, if someone does beat that match in quality i will give whoever does uh those honors a blow job yes 
with compliments <laughs> in complimentary form. I will praise them nonstop, but I don't think it'll happen. I, I will say right now. They'll be, co- they'll, they'll be close ones, but they won't, yeah. I will okay. say, yeah, I will yeah, say yeah. right now, no match will outdo Kenny Omega, Kazuchika Okada at Wrestle Kingdom 11. He's on the record, so, you know, yeah. episode 10. Yeah, so. I, I will say that's my 2017 match of the year already. All right, that's awesome, man. Yeah, so, but uh, we've seen that. We've seen Chris Hero come back to NXT. Oh, yeah, that's right. Cassius Ono. So Chubby the, Cash is Ona, but still Cash is Ona. He's still awesome. He, he, he's one of the best yeah. in the world. I, I If I would have kept up with more uh, indies that weren't as big that Chris Hero performed on, I probably would have had him on the list too. But um, hopefully he'll be in my top 10 list of 2017 because he's just that great of a performer. So I'm so glad he's back in NXT. Uh, I, I definitely know there's greater, more bizarre things to come. 2016 oh, was great. definitely bizarre and awesome. Can't wait to see how 2017 is. It's going to be great. So, uh Fuck, I mean, I think we, we, we can close this out. So Yeah. We, I, we went over the time limit we were going to do, but, uh, you know. Yeah, it. my windpipes are definitely cracking down. Cause I just some water. I feel like I talk a lot, and I don't really give a whole lot of time to breathe. So, know, sorry yeah. if, I, if I sound like I'm rambling on and on. Oh, but I'm just, I'm just so passionate about professional wrestling. Yeah. Anytime I get to talk about wrestling, I'm just, I give my all, and I don't want to disappoint anyone. But He's super passionate. Like, he gushes red every time. I see it right now. Yeah, that's me. Fifty percent wrestling, fifty percent human organs and skeleton and all that 1% stuff. One percent salad. No, I don't remember the, the hell. I was just doing the SpongeBob thing. <coughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. We're, 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 that seaweed. Seaweed. Fifty percent seed. Fifty percent weed. Yeah, that's that's that's. <laughs> well, that that that's not me. Ninety-nine percent hot gas or whatever it was. Oh plankton. yeah, yeah. I was yeah. trying to do planktons, but I couldn't remember it. Yeah, ninety percent or one percent evil or the ninety-nine percent hot gas. I think that's what. Yeah. It was. <laughs> It's great. We, we always got to get in a SpongeBob reference, yeah, no matter what podcast we're doing. Any podcast, everybody's yeah. podcast. So uh, thanks for being on, man. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. I it was definitely a pleasure. Uh, again, I'm sorry if I get too long winded sometimes, but I hope you guys appreciate my perspective on professional wrestling. And he's, he's very knowledgeable of the current times. Well, yeah, I, like I like to think I, I'm, I'm okay with you know my knowledge i mean there's too much to keep up with nowadays so I, I i definitely try my best uh, i wish i could keep up with more quite frankly but i don't have the light. eight eyes and eight ears and there's this operation you know that. yeah I, I don't have all the time in the world to do so but i'm just glad i'm able to watch what i can watch and Fuck yeah whoever appreciates my opinions i thank you kindly and yeah thanks for listening i yeah. definitely you're, you're appreciate o- you're it o- you're always welcome back on here and uh i mean you'll probably become more of a regular I hope so. I'm looking forward to all the... This is like, what, your third appearance? Yeah, my third podcast appearance. I'm definitely looking forward to doing more of these. These are always so fun. So I I love it. Yeah, like I wanted to do one with wrestling, and I kind of like figured, you know, end of the year, we'll just review yeah, and we didn't even mention like the whole Sasha and Charlotte stuff either. But yeah, I mean, the, the, there was so much more yeah. we could have talked about. I mean, but like with as passionate as articulate as we are when we talk about wrestling, we just get into certain things like so much that we just don't have enough time to yeah. do it. And if we if we do, I feel like we'd be overstaying our welcome. So yeah, yeah. maybe some other time we'll get into more stuff like yeah, that. So we'll, we'll talk about it. But, I, I know I had we were I mentioned some like like other episode that we could do that's also wrestling related. You know but it's, it's more so like it's, of a joke. Yeah, it's like more it's, of a joke. It, it, it's just like fantasy booking. We'll definitely get into more of that uh, in, in the next podcast down yeah, the road. For sure, but for sure. But, but uh, I, I, I love to give my all on subjects. I don't like to half-ass things and just give like a monotonous, monosyllabic response and then I'm job. done with it. Like I want to give my all yeah. for any subject that we talk about when it comes to wrestling. So. All right, fuck yeah. So uh, 
there isn't a next episode <coughs> planned out yet. We haven't discussed that. Um, I threw down some ideas, but uh, we'll get into that. So I'm open to any and, yeah. and all ideas. Yeah, we'll keep you in the loop for sure. Great. And, uh, yeah. Fuck yeah. So I think. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't think we come up with anything for the next episode. So. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll we'll, we'll update everyone, and we'll just yeah, we'll, we'll just see how it goes. But well, uh, but and, yeah, yeah, so. Like, like, if anybody, like, if you're going to share it on your, your page or whatever, yeah, you know, if any of you are new, you know, if you don't mind checking out the other episodes and subscribing to the iTunes stuff and at least rating. If you guys would rate it, whatever you feel, you know, deserves it, go for it, you know? Like, yeah, just, just real that. quick, I, I, I kind of felt bad for leaving this out, but, but I want to ask you before, uh, just kind of give, like, a summary of what you what you talk about or what, what new listeners would come to expect by listening to your uh, episodes of oh, your podcast. Oh, well, I mean, like, like you could have said it any better earlier. I mean, we're just almost 99% of the time we're pretty much just saying stuff that comes out of our mind. Mm-hmm. Um, there's stuff that, you know, might be like a, maybe a little offensive to some people yeah, you know, like that. But, I mean, I, I don't mean it to disrespect you. I just – it's mostly for humor, but and it's also my, like, personal opinion yeah. and whatever. But – I mean, if you want to expect something, I I can guarantee you you'll leave with a laugh, for sure. If yeah. you don't laugh, you know, six times, I guarantee you'll laugh at least once throughout the entire uh, uh, episodes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I can't speak, you know, you know enough about this guy. You know, Isaac's been my uh, real good, awesome friend ever since high school, and um, there's. The way he comes off is truly genuine. He never really holds anything back, whether it's a detriment to himself or if it's a benefit to himself. But he's always able to speak his mind. He's one of the more genuine guys that I've ever known. And just from listening to all of his podcasts, and I have listened to all of his episodes, I mean, he'll usually just talk about things that he's passionate about, like music. You're you're huge into into music like punk rock and metal and stuff like that so if you are interested in music like that you can always expect to get a detailed insight on on genres like that of music and uh you know he's always willing to talk about stuff like more taboo subjects like religion or or his insight on politics or just you know things that happen in the real world like what goes on and his perspective on that he also has his awesome cousin who's just real awesome and nice and just so cool uh, Victoria, she's always, uh, you know, on there sharing that podcast with them, and they always just get into a bunch of hijinks and just a bunch of funny shit. It's just really awesome to listen to. If only we could like, like, show you like how we really are. It, it you'd have. It's like one of those things. We not to like put me over big time or anything like that, but it's like when we're together, it's like you gotta like to see it to believe it. Like, you, yeah. we will mention all the stuff we've said and done and been through, but like, you just gotta see it. Yeah, so it, we'll... it's 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 great stuff. You know, if you if you want real, genuine, down to earth, you know, legitimate stuff to listen to, I definitely, I highly suggest. Yeah, I can talk podcast. It's just a bunch of great stuff that you never know what you're gonna get. But at the end of the, at the end of the podcast episode, it's great, great yeah. stuff to listen to. We're open to ideas, really. So like, you know, for any new listeners, like I know SoundCloud has like a comment thing. So leave a comment there, you know, say like, hey, I like what you talked about here. Can you talk about it more on another episode or whatever, you know, like um, also our website has the same thing. We also have like a contact us thing. So just if you have like an idea for a podcast, you want to like fucking like, hey, like I have this idea where you guys like talk about it. Like I, I have like this opinion on certain things and we'll discuss it. You know, we're, we're open to anything. If you just want to even just like talk to us at all, like 
you can find me at at Isaac Nava underscore sixty nine on Twitter. You know, I'm always up to chat with anybody. You can find my cousin Victoria at Toy Gamboa. That's it. Yeah. So I mean, and then the podcast. You know, at Yeah I Can Talk. It's pretty straightforward. Find us. We'll we're 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 almost everywhere except Facebook. Sorry, but. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get to that eventually. Yeah, they're growing and they're doing their best to reach out to any and every outlet that's convenient for uh, you know today's podcast listeners. So they're they're doing their best, and in my honest opinion, they put out their best in all their podcasts that they do. So I definitely highly recommend. Yeah, I can talk podcasts. They're they're awesome. And Isaac, Victoria, they're great people. So yeah. that's all all I can really say about that. Well, I appreciate the kind words and. Uh... Roman, and it uh, means a lot. Yep, just coming from the heart, man. I'm gonna I, cry. I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. Okay. All right, but yeah, all right, that, that, all right. that's all I got, man. Fuck yeah, all right, then uh, we can leave on a high note. It's Friday. You're going to go sleep, probably. And yeah, hell yeah. I'm going to go. I love my sleep. I'm going to go get drunk sleep. I don't know what that meant. Okay. But uh, yeah, thanks for being on. Until next time, man. All right, yeah, man, no problem. Thanks for yeah. having me. All right, bet. Woo.